Friday, you bastard. Bacon yesterday was it or was it the day before Wednesday? I forget. I think it was Wednesday. Got some. Re- I, I was just. I wasn't re- just talking out loud. I wasn't really expecting an answer. By the way, George is on vacation next week. Oh! So the guy that's all distraught out there, the uh, queen that's got the hots for Josh Cordes, that's the good news for him. Is Josh will be on all week next week. Right. Except Friday. Well, he'll have to be. Uh... No, I guess that's right. Friday. Never mind. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, Not man. a brain fart. God almighty. This could be a long day. we got no ball game today. Damn it. But the good news is, I started to say, the good news is the regular season starts on um, Monday. Marlins, anyway. And guess what's happening Monday and Wednesday next week? All right. Holy moly, rat man. And, of course, it won't be nearly as bad as those exhibitionist games because these being regular season games, wouldn't you think that there'd be a few people actually care might be listening? About 30, man. Although it'd probably be on television, I would imagine. Wouldn't they, uh, Chris? They'd be on TV. Yeah, they should be. See, that's another thing. When, when, you got, when you're preempted for ball games that are not only very low interest to begin with, but then they're also on TV for free at the same time, I mean, that's like uh, just shutting you off into the opposition position. But do I really care? No. No. That'll give me Wednesday, like, extra time for Woodbine. Mm, 12.30, no less. See, that 12.50 crap, that's okay during the exhibitionist season, but during the regular season, we've got to have a nice, long pregame show. Half an hour before the game. Get a lot of spots in there to try to try to get back some of that money that they lose on the Marlins every year. They lose their ass on the Marlins. Just ask them, and they'll tell you. Well, they might lie about it. They'll lose their ass on the Marlins. And I'm still waiting to hear about the uh, Dolphins the, uh, situation. Maybe Bo Camper will tell us about that situation. What do you think? Maybe. If we ask Barry, Barry Jackass this morning, he doesn't have nothing to say of any interest. Hey, Barry, you are just ridiculous. And I don't think Miss Sarney works at the Sun Sentinel anymore. You know that Bufoto, Jim Sarney? Because if you Google in the uh, Sun Sentinel website, it's like, uh, who are you talking about? That big old fat turd that used to work here? Right, all that swill on Friday? I guess there's just not much going on anyway in the radio business. 
Certainly not much going on on this one, I'll tell you that. Okay, let's take a look at... Oh, first of all, speaking of radio business, Kelly Craig. We always loved Kelly, didn't we? Even though she's yes. you know, speaking of Bufo, she maybe that's why they put her on to replace Jim DeFetis while he's on vacation. I didn't realize that that slot had a size requirement. It's a size requirement, so they have to... Maybe the Humper's going to be filling in for DeFetis on his next vacation. Somebody who can not just fill his shoes, but fill the chair. That's terrible to say, because, you know, a lot of us have a weight problem. I'm a fat man. I'm back in the mid-180s again. I was right Ooh. on the verge of 170s, huh? You're a bad boy. I am. I have been a bad boy. It's your fault. It's all the damn ice cream. Yeah. Man. You're the one with that ice cream fixation. I, I, I Listen, do I deny it? No. There's two things in my life that I'm addicted to. I mean, obsessively. Ice cream and hot young guys. Those two things. Other than that, you know, I could live without most everything else. So anyway, Kelly uh, Craig was filling in for Jim DeFetis on INZ this morning, according to Judy. And Judy says, um, she, says she said she credits you for saving her job back in 1993. After she got fired, they rehired her because of audience reaction. I only caught the last half of her hour, but she was pretty good, said Judy. Thought you might enjoy this tinkle this morning. Well, I've had a lot of tinkling this morning, thank the Lord. Everybody's tinkling all over me. Thank you very much for all the tinkles, okay? I'm going to go uh, get a towel. I love it when it's like that. Everybody's tinkling all over the place. So thank you, Kelly Craig. Wasn't that nice? I saved her job. Yes, I don't was. recall that at all. Do you? 93? 14 years ago. A lot I don't recall. Hmm? There's a lot I don't recall. No. I remember when Bob Weaver used to be on the air. Uh-huh. Didn't I he recall die? that. I think he did. Oh, yeah. Well, I forgot. Me too. Weaver the Weatherman. Boy, he's a good guy. He's a big fan of mine, too. He's a great, good, 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 a great guy. Yes. Good, 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 good guy. Well, see the bacon's not, it's not good for me to be eating on the air. And I'm doing it because Chris is back today. Yeah, it's all my fault. Yeah, well, you're the, you're the eating guy, huh? You're the food man. Things are going really well in Iraq. Forget about Iran and those stupid Brits for crying out loud. Although I saw the picture that uh, they showed this morning on the news. One of the British guys looked pretty good. Most of the Brits are nasty and ugly. they got rotten teeth, and they stink like hell, and they just, uh, you know. But every now and then, when you find a really good-looking Brit, I don't know if there are any good-looking British women. Are there? Sure. There are? i never seen any. They all look really dikey, like school marms to me. They're hot-looking British women? Yeah. I just have to think of some. Okay. Well, keep thinking. And don't tell me Diana. Why would I say that? Well, in a moment Ooh. of weakness. No. Multiple suicide bombers struck in predominantly Shiite markets in Baghdad and in a town north of the capital, killing at least 104 people and wounding scores yesterday. The, the day that new U.S. Ambassador Ryan Crocker took office. I wonder if he's kin to Betty, you think? If he's kin to Betty Crocker or Alta Crocker. Two of the suicide bombers struck a market in the shop. Well, I don't want to go through all the details, okay? There's a lot of dead people over there. That's what it boils down to. Oh, don't be tearing that story up on the air, Neil. you got to get a shredder. Yeah, shred this. Oh, shredded wheat. What about well, it? Well, you know, talk about people being led by the nose. I, I've mentioned this before, but it hasn't been, hasn't been recently enough. The idea that you're supposed to eat certain kinds of foods in the morning for breakfast... It's just, it's just uh, insanity. Yes. I've always like thought that. Else, it's just about business, that's all. It's just another way to try to get you to buy cereal and uh, flapjacks and what else do they eat? Uh, waffles, all that stuff. Well, what, what's the logic in that? Why couldn't you sit down and have a nice juicy steak 
at 7.30. What's wrong with that? eggs. Yeah. What do you need the eggs for? What do you need the eggs for? Because that's that's the thing. I I have that problem, too. And especially, why is breakfast food all this heavy stuff all the time? Yeah, you're supposed to get ready for the rest of the day. I know. Not feel logy, you know? That's a word we don't use. Logy. I wonder how you spell that. You think it's L-O-G-Y? I bet bet you I've never seen that word in print. And that's a word that almost nobody else says. You ever heard that word, Chris? Logy? No, sir. Logy, you've heard that. Definitely. But not logy. Feeling logy is like, uh, you know, like you got no energy and you're like all ready to pass out. And that's what happens after you eat a big meal because your body is overwhelmed, overloaded with all those refined carbohydrates. I'm like this bacon, which has got no carbs. Notice how much energy I got? Mm-hmm. Enough energy to keep eating it. How's the poll yesterday? How did the Marlins do yesterday? Any interest? No. Anybody pay any attention? No. Anybody care? No. Not me. Boy, if I find myself watching baseball, at that point, I'm jumping out the window. Because that, that, that's the point I'm going to know that my life isn't worth a dime when I start watching baseball. Not that I didn't watch a lot of it as a kid, but then again, I was young and foolish. But Jesus, God Almighty, talk about boring. And then this morning on the morning show, they were talking about wrestling. Sorry, Brandon. When we start talking about wrestling on this station, then you know we've hit rock, rock. bottom. Here's the poll from yesterday. When Neil's show ends early because of Marlins baseball, I, 1,396 votes, I turn off my radio till it's time for Neil's next show, 474. 34%. Hmm. That's over a turd. Smash my radio with a hammer, 141. That's not very... Nice. I hate this poll, 134. That's 9.5%. That kind of went zooming up there. Well, that's the discontent that we got out of the audience after we put the ball game on yesterday. Didn't bother me though. I went out and got more ice cream. You gotta, you know something? You gotta stop me from doing stop that. Stop it! I'm telling you. you. Have to hire like a monitor to to follow you around to stalk you and just jump out of the bushes and smack you. Oh, I might enjoy that. When Neil show ends early because of Marlins baseball, I switch to the sports hole station across the street, 122. Oh no, not that! That's really desperate. Listen to every second of the baseball broadcast, 111, 7.9%. Well, that leaves like um, 92%. Pray that the Marlins die a slow and painful death. That is definitely not very... Nice. 99. 7% of this audience, hateful, rotten, nasty. Read the Bible, 76. Well, good. You better get right with the Lord, man, before it's too late. Get right with the Lord. Read the good book. And then you can wipe your ass with those pages after you're done. Because that's about all it's good for. All the ink probably runs real bad. You ever notice that in all the Bibles? No, I haven't. Yeah, well, take a look at it next time you read one, you heathen bastard. I read the one ink, all the time. The ink uh, runs a lot. No. I wonder what that is. Cheap Bible, that's, that is. Sit in a dark room and pout 70. What if you sit in a dark room reading the Bible? That would be good. Listen to Rush 56. Well, it's... Listen to Magic 47. Take an absence. I'm usually exhausted after Neil's show anyway. As God. About 30, man. Play my best at Neil CD, 17. Work on my Fantasy League roster, 10. And listen to Power, Solamente No uh, 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 Nueve. Boy. Otto uh, Nove. Nove in Italian, right? Dieci. Undici. Dodici. Come on, let's, let's do our numbers in Italian and Espanol, baby. Let's start being linguistic on this show. Start making this educational instead of just some kind of a slob show. Only slobs eat bacon. On the air. 
Oh, they're having a big news conference about the pet food recall. Don't eat it, and all you people out there, don't eat any pet food. And if you got any that you're really suspicious about, feed it to your neighbor's cat. I see our buddy Zisco put a cute thing on there, posted uh, on our MySpace. There's a dead cat in the road, and somebody put up a cardboard sign, free cat, next to the uh, dead cat in the road. That's bad. Wasn't that bad? That's That's bad, Zisco, but excellent. Well, Zisco's a dog lover. That's why he's a good guy, among other reasons, I'm sure. But We had 801 on the pool today. Chris can sit back fat and sassy in his chair. Now, are you okay today? I'm doing better, yeah. What do you got? Crud? I don't know, but I was taking a lot of Joyce's yesterday. Well, we, nah, we don't want to go. I'm sitting here eating bacon, and you were going to get me into your um, bowel rundown from yesterday. I don't want to go through that. You didn't say it looked like bacon. Oh, brother. Exotica Miami Beach, the sexiest event on the East Coast, is back again today at the Miami Beach Convention Center. It goes on all weekend through uh, Sunday, April 1. Isn't Sunday, April 1? Yes, it is. And you're invited. Presented by HotMovies.com, Exotica will again have the biggest names in the adult industry on hand, taking pictures and signing autographs. Don't miss the chance to meet Janet Jameson. Maybe you can get a little feel there, a little a little something. Tara Patrick, Jessica Drake, and Wicked Pictures, Ron Jeremy and Jenna Hayes, just to name a few. In fact, the rumor was Ron Jeremy was over at Power. He's in the building. Was he in there earlier? No, he was not in here. I thought you told me he was in the building. He was, no, he was in the he building. In the building. He didn't here. come in here in the studios here. I didn't say anything about in the studios. I said, was he in the building? Boy, you're all your way yeah, off okay. today, man. You're a, mile, uh-huh. you're a mile off. Fatwa Friday, you bastards. Congress is sending the White House a subpoena. Bush is pushing each way a little cleaner. Better get a lawyer for your crimes and misdemeanors. There's your subpoena. Republicans may have followed their leader. The Democrats are sending a subpoena. The White House team and Cheney's team will testify before committees. No clemency, no mercy, no more presidential supremacy. Congress is sending the White House a subpoena. Bush is wishing he played a little cleaner. Better get a lawyer for your crimes and misdemeanors. Here's your subpoena. Congress is sending the White House a subpoena. Bush is wishing he played a little cleaner. Better get a lawyer for your crimes and misdemeanors. Here's your subpoena. 1019 at 560. Okay, I'm all done with the bacon. Now we can get the show going, okay? That business of eating on the air and that whole ice cream business, that has to stop right now, okay? Yeah. Right this second. Like this person faxing needs to stop right now. This uh, 20 page fax, a citizen's alert with a form that you got to fill out, uh, trying the second time to get it through. Stop! Citizens alert about what? Ice cream? Oh, the, did you know that the government is doing some stuff that might not be in your best interest and you should fill out this form? Well, and it into your all, local you, all you idiots out there, this is a radio show, okay? It's entertainment. I'm a clown. I'm a goofball. I'm an old fag, okay? Stop with the baloney. Stop with sending us all this boring garbage. Go back to uh, the days of uh, W. Snow. That's right. Take all that crap and shove it. Nice. Right. 821 votes on the poll. Yeah, I get like that guy that called whatever day it was I was taking calls when I was, like, uh, being stupid, taking calls. Well, you know, Neil, your show is so important, and blah, 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 and all these right-wingers on the air, and you're the only one. Yeah, right. Give me a break, will you please? You ever heard of people that call this show for Christ's sakes? What are you talking about? We're talking to people in South Florida. There's maybe, like, 1% of the audience down there has got an IQ larger than their left nut, okay? And that's even the women. Christ. 821 votes on the poll. This is a good poll. Let's see how many people hate it. Uh, it's still too many. I enjoy it most when Neil gets blank intensive. Politics, 289. Or as Chris Matthews would say, politics. 
Politics with a W. Politics. Here's a guy that can't speak. That seems to be like uh, par for the course on TV. Like Tom Brokaw and uh, blah, 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 blah. All these, all these people that have speech quaggles that they can't speak properly. Let's put them on the air. That certainly works at QM very big. Sure. You know what I mean? Let's not forget <laughs> him. Oh, yeah. Well, it's in the bag. Politics 289, Religion 177. Gosh dang it. All you religious nuts, man. You fools. How many times have I told you? Believe I, and of course you can't say that now because it's coming up on Pesach and Easter, man. On these holy days. On the Last Supper. The Last Seder, man. I wonder why it was Manischewitz that Jesus was drinking. You think so? Manischewitz or Mogan David? Maybe that's the poll for one day next week. Or maybe it was Grandma Boone. Yeah, you don't have to choose. Maybe Jesus was a schlepper. Maybe he could only afford Grandma Boone. Religion 178, Station Management 126, not today, what's, what's the use? You know, that's going to get really ponderous. They are what they are. You know, they're incompetent, they're right. idiots, they're fools, and they don't give a crap about lifting a finger to do anything for us, and that's just the way it is. Joe lifted an arm, he uh, opened the door and waved to me today. Did he? Did yeah. Joe lift, uh, lifted the door and opened his arm? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Did he squat and uh, cut one in no, the no, doorway, too? No, no, uh, he just waved, oh. you know. I'm surprised he didn't like bend over and give you like a little gas. You know that that he just reminds me Jolly Joe. That's why they call him Jolly Joe. Drop a little bomb in the doorway and then run for it. You know, station management 126, and then it's way down after that. I enjoy most when Neil gets sex intensive 48. I enjoy that the most. I'm not talking about on the air. I'm just talking about like in real life, sex intensive. Let me go out and find somebody right now. Food intensive 47. See, there we go with the ice cream again. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love talking about food and restaurants. That thing on Tuesday was sensational. Wasn't it good? Yes, it was. But nevertheless, gets, it gets me uh, going. I hate this poll 46, 5.5%. Ratings 41. Don't forget Monday, April 9. 8. Tuesday, April 9. Trying to figure out what day of the week it is. Tuesday, April 9. And, it, and you'll have to uh, handle that because I'll be on vacation. Yeah. Won't I? Won't I be across the pond? Won't I be over there with civilized people in Europe? Some we'll save it for you. trash, as the audience calls them. What? We'll save them for you. Save the ratings for when I come back. If I decide to come back. I'll tell you one thing. If I went to Berlin, well, I mean, it's just, it's just talking nonsense. You know, you know what I was going to say. No. What? I'm not going to say it. Come on now. I enjoy it most when Neil gets hockey-intensive 34. Boy, that's pretty weak. And you want to know what's in last place way down on the bottom? MySpace-intensive only 16. Less than half of hockey, and we know they hate hockey like poison. 832 votes. I enjoy it most when Neil gets MySpace-intensive only 16. 1.9%. So that means they just hate it. And that's because most of the people aren't on MySpace. Too bad for you. There's some really uh, nifty people on there, some great people. And then there's some game players and some idiots and some goofballs, you know. And the reason that I'm not happy with that is because we have 1,292 friends in MySpace, and I was hoping that today we need only eight more for 1,300. Wouldn't that be lucky? Okay. You don't think? I like 13. No, but I'm serious. Wouldn't, uh, well, I don't want to get into that, but um, <laughs> wouldn't you think that 1,300 would be a good number to get to by the end of the day? We've got almost three and a half hours to do it. We've got no ball game. I think we can do it. We've got Mad Dog at two. Come on, if we, we need eight more friends, okay? Go out there and find us some new friends. And speaking of friends, my buddy, I, I mentioned it on the air yesterday. It's just like the thing on Sunday when I came in. I was uh, feeling a little bit depressed, wanted to jump off the balcony. I sent a couple of messages out there to people I hadn't heard from in a long time, Zisco and uh, Jesse. And before you know it, there they were online. They were on my MySpace in your face and uh, up your place. And the same thing yesterday. I mentioned Mike from FSU, who's a fine gentleman, 
Mike is 20. He went to a Cooper City. Was it Cooper City? Yeah, it was Cooper yeah, City, I do believe. But anyway, he's at FSU. So anyway, yesterday afternoon, late in the afternoon, I look on there, and here's a message from my buddy Mike. Hey, and I noticed Mike's pictures on there. He put some new pics on there. And Mike, you look okay to me. You're good. You're good man. He's got, of course, of course, he's got. You know, every picture he's got some hot chick in his arm. But that's the way it is. You know, that's the way it is in this world. All of us fags, we get obsessed and we get all whipped up about these hot young guys. And then, then there's always some hot chickadee. It's like when you're walking in the mall. That happens to me all the time. Be walking in the Eaton Center and wandering around, uh, probably on the way to Baskin Robbins to get more damn ice cream. And I'll see some really amazing-looking young guy, you know, like 19, 20, that perfect, wonderful age, you know, legal and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden I'll see, oh, geez, he's got some really uh, skanky chick or even some hot chick on his arm. What difference does it make? Yeah. 840 votes on the poll. I enjoy it most when Neil gets blank. My space intensive. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get our 13 number by the end of the day. I'm confidence is uh, mediocre. Al Goldstein is, they want to hear about politics. They couldn't get a much more important story than this. Al Goldstein is running for president. You know, he ran for sheriff, couldn't do it. He ran for his life. And then, of course, uh, they destroyed him. They sent him to a Rikers Island, wasn't it? Somewhere. Just destroyed his ass. He lost his house. He lost his fat. He lost uh, everything he had. I'm a fat Jew. Used to be. So anyway, that's a good story there. Al Goldstein announces the 2008 presidential candidacy. I'm for Al, baby. Barack Obama, number one, and Al Goldstein. Wouldn't that be something? A dark guy and a Jew. That'd be a nice ticket. ticket. Yeah, it would be a lovely ticket. We got a guy with an IQ larger than his thumb. That's Barack Obama, and we got a guy that wants everybody getting laid a hundred times. And that's Al Goldstein. What's not to like? In between feedings, of course. When I when I went to his apartment, I told you about the apartment in Amsterdam, about what a mess it was. And there was just crap all over the floors, and cassette tapes, and videotapes, and just it's like walking through a minefield in there. You could barely even move around. But in the refrigerator, he had Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. important things. That's right. You can always tell a discriminating guy when there might be. In fact, I don't think there was anything else in the refrigerator, just tubs and tubs of Ben and Jerry. Friday, you bastard. Wife left town with a banana. Love's a rotten deal. Found that yellow devil hiding in her purse. He's cold and he's hard, but he's got a peel. I hope it never happens to you. Some fruit breaks your marriage in two. My wife left town with a banana. My baby's slipping away. See, it's, it's all around me, you know. And then I got Brandon on here writing me about a friend that used to have making chocolate milkshakes every day. Now the guy is dead. You ever, uh, were you ever, like, inspired to go out and get one of those? You can buy them, like, in 
in the store, those malted uh, milkshake maker, like they have in the old soda fountains. Like the, the kit or this, the substance? Which one are you talking about? Like the little uh, blending machine thing? The machine, man. Yeah, machine. No, I've seen them around. Yeah, that would destroy my life. Jesus, God. And then you can go out and get like malted milk balls and stuff oh, and crush geez. them up and put them in there. Mm. Yeah, that's all we need. And that thing about banana cream pie, boy, that's one of my favorites. I, mm-hmm. I think the only solution is just to stop eating. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good idea. Don't you think that could solve my problem? Just yeah. stop eating, period. Just take a vitamin. <laughs> yeah, just take a big pill, man. Mm-hmm. Get like a lump in your throat, like that. Al Goldstein, speaking of fat, boy, he used to be gigantic. I bet you he weighs about 40 pounds now. Poor Al. Screw Magazine founder Al Goldstein has announced his 2008 candidacy for president of the USA. He might have a little bit of a problem in New York. You want to know why? Why? I hate the Irish. A lot of Irishmen in New York. I think the American people want honesty in a candidate, Goldstein said. When I'm going to screw you, you'll know it. Just three years ago, Goldstein was destitute and homeless. The controversial porn pioneer chronicled his fall from grace in his recent autobiography, I, Goldstein. Today, at 71, he lives on Social Security and writes a popular blog sponsored by adult search engine Booble. Al Goldstein's a national treasure, said Booble's Bob Smart, Goldstein's campaign manager, as the world's dirtiest old man. Al has something to say about the world he helped create, and we Americans have a duty to listen. Goldstein has launched his campaign with a series of video clips on his website, goldstein08.com, in which the 71-year-old addresses topics including racism, gay marriage, and the Internet. Goldstein also takes aim at George W. Bush, a liar, former cocaine user who sent thousands of Americans to die for nothing, Hillary Clinton, a fire plug with legs, a moralizer no better than Bush, and Barack Obama, he's unelectable, no one can even pronounce his name, says Al. A Korean War veteran, Goldstein received his degree in English from Pace University. He founded Screw Magazine in the summer of 68. Within two years, Goldstein was arrested 17 times for obscenity, establishing his reputation as a champion for the First Amendment. In 76, he created and launched Midnight Blue, which became the most popular public access cable show in New York by featuring porn stars cavorting with Goldstein and celebrity guests. I had everything, Goldstein wrote on his new website, $11 million, wives, girlfriends, everyone loved me, but I lost it all because of my flaws, which are too many. Until recently, I was homeless. I'm coming to you today, a man full of regrets and great memories, a humble human being who's here to tell you that the meaning of life can be found in pot and cunnilingus. You didn't hear me say that, by the way. What? Exactly. According to a press release, Goldstein was driven to declare his candidacy. What's well, a news story, for Christ's sakes, for crying out loud? According to a press release, he was driven to declare his candidacy by his dedication to the First Amendment. With the New Yorker's rage at Republican anti-sex pro-war policies, Goldstein hopes his candidacy will attract sponsors to pay him and groupies to pleasure him, the release stated. (laughs) Good luck. Although Goldstein is running as a Democrat, Smart said he may change his affiliation to Independent. Without another sponsor, we can't afford to travel out to the relevant campaign stops in New Hampshire, Iowa, and California, so we instead have to wage an independent campaign focused on the Internet radio and the big porn shows where else most likely voters will congregate. On the subject of his running mate, Goldstein added, I really want to find a girlfriend. I haven't been laid in over two years. I'd pay for it if I could afford it. Instead, I'm going to trade sex for the vice presidency, he said. Goldstein emphasized that his candidacy is not a joke, despite the irreverent nature of his campaign. I hope to be funny without being a joke, he said. My whole life has led me to this moment. I only want to make people smile and maybe think a little bit before they vote. There you go. Well, something to do, you know. He can be the heterosexual Bob Kunst of the sex world. All right. I wonder what ever happened to Bob Kunst. I don't want to know. Remember him? Yeah, I do. I really don't want to know either. 
Oh, look at that. Nun claims that she was cured of a disease after praying to the Pope. The there she is. Could have fooled Sister me, man. Looks like she's got something really bad. Story in public for the first time today. She looks like a guy. Jean-Paul II, it's Sister Marie Saint-Pierre. I have admired Jean-Paul. I was 17 years Get old. Get out of here talking caca again, talking nonsense, talking bioni, baby. You're bioni. 874 votes on the poll, and guess what? I checked on the MySpace page during the last break. You know how many new friends we got? Oh! None. Oh. I think we've maxed out on that thing, 12 nights. I don't know. And, and let me also say this to you. We can have way over 1,300 if I wasn't starting to be just a little bit picky, you know? Right. For example, yesterday, they, they seemed to come like in, in groups. Like there was a while we were getting all them hookers that were on there yeah, trying to come yeah. on. And, now, and then we had the ones that are trying to, uh, oh, I can get a free watch and a free uh, PS3 if I you just uh, sign up. No. And then we had a whole bunch of them yesterday with that same kind of stuff. They can get a free uh, something or other if you just agree for a friend. And, and, and there are all these profiles with no picture, no friends, no nothing. Just they want you to approve them as a friend so that, uh, you know. They can get a, a Timex watch or some crap like that. And I don't, I don't want to prove those people. I ain't going to do it. It would be a cheap way to get you know a whole bunch more people on there. Well, what, what, how useful is that? What's the point, right? right? What's the point? You can do it! I enjoy it. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's any more. I mean, you know, we start with zero. We start with no new people on there when we need eight. My God, that should be, uh, well, I think we maxed out. And like Miguel admitted yesterday, you weren't here, Chris, but Miguel was like waxing and very enthusiastic about uh, our progress on there. What did he say? He said when we first put it on there, he was hoping eventually, maybe someday, we'd get to a thousand. And here we are on the verge of thirteen hundred on this old fuddy-duddy station, man, on this scratchy old AM station. <laughs> How do you like that sound? Although you know something, I had a, uh, I had an email speaking to MySpace this morning from a guy who's got HD radio. Yeah. And he said it never, it just sounds unbelievable in HD. That's this what I heard. HD, w, uh, whatever we are, QAM. We should play more music. It sounds so good. Well, that sounds really uh, sensational. Nice. I don't, have any, I don't have any queued up at the moment. Yeah, if it sounds so good for the three people out there that own an HD radio, who the hell is going to go buy an HD radio? For what? For what? Other, other than, of course, to hear the show. But what else is there? That's it. I could play Dialogue by Chicago. That would kill some really good time. I love that. But I'm not going to do it. It would sound good in HD, though. Mm -hmm. 882 votes. There's the old Pope. Now, that was the old. She was cured by uh, the intercession of Pope John Paul II. He probably uh, poked her with his red shoes, those cute little red shoes he had on when they were schlepping him around there in the Vatican. He poked her? He poked her, yeah. She hoped she got poked. I enjoy most when Neil gets blank intensive. Politics, 307, baby. Let's uh, get on the Al Goldstein bandwagon. Religion 191, for all you getchkeys out there, all you silly people that won't think for yourself, that haven't got a brain, that just were told a lot of crap when you were a child and you're too stupid and too lazy to realize what a bunch of garbage it is, and you keep subsidizing it, too. That's the worst part. Wouldn't bother me if you believe it, but you keep subsidizing it. And using it, of course, to excuse your ignorance and bigotry and uh, grotesqueness. I enjoy it most when you'll get station management intensive, 140, not today. I mean, I could, but what's, what's the use? It's just a waste right. of time. I don't want to waste my energy on Jolly Joe and on the Beasleys. Although tomorrow is the 15th anniversary of Deliverance. That can't be right. Is it really? 15th or well, 35th? I don't, yeah, no, that I don't know. Somebody, right at all. somebody send me something about that, too. Who cares? 25, at least. 25th, 35th. I hate this poll, 51, 5.7%. I enjoy it most when Neil gets food intensive, 50, because if he gets food intensive, we know he's going to go out and start eating like crazy, and maybe he'll croak, and then we can dance on his grave. Sex intensive, 50. 
Ratings Intensive 44, Hockey Intensive 35, and MySpace Intensive only 16 out of 890 votes. So we're doing fine on the votes, but those other eight people, we need real people on MySpace. It ain't going to happen. Think there's any chance whatsoever? No. I mean, how, first of all, how would it happen? Word of mouth. Word of mouth? People making sounds with their mouth. <laughs> oh, that could be a good new format for us. <laughs> Maybe on the morning I thought it show was. would be good. We got Mad Dog at 2 this afternoon. The Power Hour with Mad Dog and the Humper together 4 to 5. 5 to 7, a tank at Gulfstream. Plunging his guts out. 7 o'clock, Panther preview. Panthers in the Capitals at 7.30 tonight. And then uh, game night with Jesse Agler till midnight when we basically sign off and do transmitter maintenance with ESPN Radio. Neil God. And who, may I ask, is the father? You haven't been dead for a long, long time. There's no circus here, my friend. see your brave people are standing in line. Well, when you kick the bucket... I'm going to review this. Every day is a new adventure. The old man used to buy rings. Wrinkly dudes with lots of bling. You were weird, we all agree. There's more drugs than a pharmacy. Get your DNA from a chick in a box. It's crazy. One. You gotta open the box. Two. Get your DNA from a box. Three. You gotta close the box. This is how we do it. Chick in a box. I was gonna lose a kid a chick in a box. 1046, 14 before 11 at 560 WQM. Happy Friday, March 30th. It's our last March show. Next uh, time we come on, no fool, it'll be April on Monday. Although George will be on vacation, so like next time you come on, it'll be later than you think. Right. And you realize, speaking later than you think, you do realize that, uh, like, I think June 16th is about the date, something like that, 16th, 18th, for my, like, June vacation. And, of course, once that vacation's over, then I come back, and it's back to our summer schedule. Oh! I'm just thinking out loud. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. How loud! That's right. All right. I'm so glad I found that, that you, uh, you know, show me where it was. That was very... Nice! <laughs> yeah, when you get to that time of the year when you're only working Tuesdays and Thursdays in the last half of June and all of July and all of August and then uh, part of September, like half of September, that's a pretty good scam. Then it makes it worthwhile when you get those big fat paychecks and you realize that you're barely even working at all. Mm. Maybe I'll find me like an apartment in Berlin and broadcast from there a couple days a week. What do you think? All right. Of course, I could be pretty busy. You never know. Uh, ask me how many new uh, friends we have on our MySpace page. Oh! None. I, I told you, it's, you know, it's just, it's not like the thing with votes on the poll. Anybody that's got a computer can vote on a poll. But on a MySpace thing, we've got 1,292, including, you know, some who probably don't even really exist, but nevertheless. Contrary to his public statements, Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez was deeply involved in the firing of eight federal, federal prosecutors. His former top aide said yesterday, adding that the final decision on who was to be dismissed was made by Gonzalez and President Bush's former counsel. I don't think the Attorney General's statement that he was not involved in any discussions with U.S. Attorney removals was accurate. Kyle Sampson, who quit this, uh, this month as Gonzalez's chief of staff, told the Senate Judiciary Committee. I remember discussing with him this process of asking certain U.S. attorneys to resign. Responding to questions from, represent, from Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, 
Sampson rejected the notion that the dismissals were ordered by young or inexperienced Justice Department officials. The decision makers in this case were the Attorney General and the Counsel of the President, he told the Judiciary Committee. I and others made staff recommendations, but they were proven and signed off on by the principals. The White House response was notably muted. I'm going to have to let the Attorney General speak for himself, White House spokeswoman Dana Perino said. I wonder if she's kin to Marty Perino, the old left-handed bowler from Syracuse. Championship bowling, here's Marty Perino, the old lefty. What a memory I got, huh? You people watching wrestling on TV, what's wrong with you people? What, what, what in God's name has inflicted your brain when we could be watching championship bowling with Eddie Kowalik's and Buddy Bomar and um, Carmen Salvino? Now we're talking. And Dick Weber. Remember Dick? Who? You better get with your bowling, mister. Because, you, you know, I mean, all this other stuff we put on here, why the hell not have bowling on the radio? I told you Rick Weaver did that once upon a time. On WIOD, he did, he called bowling. <laughs> bowling on the radio. You dummy. That was him. Rick Weaver was great. He was a uh, not a nice man. And he smelled real bad. His hygiene, his personal hygiene could have used a little bit of help. But he was a great broadcaster on the Dolphin Games. Wouldn't you agree with that, uh, Chris? Do you remember that or did that before your time? I don't remember him very well. I'm sure I heard it, but I don't just don't remember it. Well, what does that mean? You're, well, how old are you, 28? 30. 30? 30? About 30, man. And you don't remember the great Rick Weaver with the white hankies or whatever the hell they were where the, all the fans were waving, waving the hankies? In fact, I think now the Dolphins, before the game starts, they ought to go out there and wave a white hanky. Like waving a white towel like we do here at QM for surrender. Yeah. Don't you think that's what we ought to do? <laughs> hey, towel. they're rebuilding. Yeah, they're rebuilding. Uh, it's a rebuilding right. year. Mm -hmm. They're rebuilding, but every time they keep putting the bricks together, it keeps crumbling and falling down. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say anything bad about the organization, other than the fact that Wayne is at the top. You know, anything that Wayne touches lately, the last several years, he used to have the Midas touch. Now he's got the Midas touch in reverse. Everything Wayne touches now turns to. Crap. That's right. Newest word games by the GOP: surrender and retreat. Writes Bob Geiger. I got a big pile of stuff here today, and you want to know why? Because we got four hours. Okay. Now Wednesday, I will have to admit, I was a little bit. Uh, I don't know. A little bit, uh, well, it takes training. It's like going into training for anything else, like for a race. Same thing. You know what I'm talking about? What are you talking doing about? The whole, I'm talking about doing the four hours without taking any stupid-ass phone calls. I mean, you know, there's always the possibility I could reach over and punch up one or two here or there. And I said possibility, unlikely. Unlikely. Possible, but pretty unlikely. And, of course, once upon a time, I was doing that for a long, long time. Remember that? Forgot about the phone, just shut that baby down. And was mm -hmm. listening to Ron, Prozac. Hi, Ron. All of that good stuff. Well, uh, I think if George would just be... Uh... You, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You're good friends out there. Uh -huh. And, unfortunately, like I've told you before, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm tiptoeing around the edges of ripping management now, which is on that poll today, but I sure wouldn't want to do that. But, nevertheless... These people know nothing about talk radio. They know about ball games and ball scores and jock straps. That's all they know. And they think that because they can put people on here to talk about ball games and ball scores and jock straps, therefore that's what talk radio is all about. That hasn't got anything to do with talk radio. You know, sports talk is like a tiny division of what general uh, generic talk radio is in the first place. And they, they, don't, they haven't got a clue about that. They don't know how it works. They don't know what makes it successful. They don't know what people want to hear about. They haven't got a clue. So when the general manager of the radio station is running around with his fat ass talking about, oh, gee, if we could put those tapes on, because when the people, people tune in, they want to hear Neil's voice. Ho, 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 you know. 
If you'd have been at that lunch, if you'd have been a fly on the wall at that lunch, you would have just uh, gone down and you'd have, you'd have peed in his soup. I'm telling you right yeah, now. Yeah, whatever. You would have. You'd have been so disgusted with him and his whole attitude. Just And I, I kept saying to him, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, they, they hate the tapes. The tapes are grotesque. That's an old dilemma from years ago. It, it isn't a dilemma anymore. I solved right. that dilemma a long time ago. I solved it by putting your dumb ass on the air. And it's worked out just great. Well, thank you, Spanky. Yeah. I didn't say sensational. I said, great. It's worked out okay. Not, you know, all right. <laughs> all right. 926 on the poll. Chris is pretty pleased with that. Because he, you know, like, he takes credit for it. We, we got over 1,000 yesterday before the ball game without you being there. How do you like that, Fatso? Well, that's a good thing. It was a very good thing. Josh was very proud. He wasn't too proud about that guy that keeps hitting on him, though, but that's beside the point. Hey, listen, just be glad that anybody's hitting on you. That's the way I look at it. That's a real good way to look at life. If anybody likes you enough that they're, uh, you know, got the hots for it, if they're <laughs> breathing heavy, well, then you ought to be real happy. That doesn't mean you want to let your guard down, let them get too close, but nevertheless. Well, we've been through a few months of emboldening the enemy, says Bob Geiger, and I strongly suspect that the words surrender and retreat will be the next GOP talking points for the American people when it comes to the future of our presence in Iraq. Senate Republicans know they're behind the eight ball and that the vast majority of Americans want us out of Iraq and our troops back home, so they need to constantly retool their manipulative language to find a way to get under everyone's skin and make them support the failed Republican agenda in Iraq. The GOP is also smart enough to know that we're generally a tough, stubborn people, but that a certain percentage of our population watches Fox News and, well, aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. So throwing out words like surrender and retreat to describe the Democratic plan to win the Iraq quagmire seems to fit their game plan for sowing fear and doubt. The American people await this vote. The Iraqi people await this vote. Al-Qaeda awaits this vote, said Senator Sam Brownback, Nazi of Kansas, while arguing earlier this week for the amendment to strip withdrawal language from the $122 billion Iraq supplemental bill. I believe that instead of giving the terrorists a reason to be hopeful and sending mixed signals to our forces in the field, we should be talking about the possibility of a federal Iraq. We need to stop talking about how to retreat and start talking about winning in Iraq. Hey, what American wants to be seen as retreating, right? And it was a kind of nifty way Brownback slipped al-Qaeda in there, too. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky sent out a press release Tuesday entitled, Congress should not announce a surrender date. Attempting to have it both ways by slipping a withdrawal date into this bill by making the support of our troops contingent on a dangerous and defeatist surrender date was wrong a week and a half ago. It is wrong now, said McConnell in a statement. Republicans figure we as a people hate to think of ourselves as surrendering, so they want to throw that one around a bit, too. Sometimes they blend new buzz phrases with old ones, such as when Wayne Allard of Colorado said this before the affirmative Senate vote mandating the withdrawal from Iraq starting four months. I believe the vote yesterday to retreat from Iraq was a serious mistake. Our enemies now look upon the U.S. as a country with no resolve, a country that will cut and run when things get tough. And who better to jump in all of the cynicism than the man who hopes to be Republican standard bearer in 2008, John McCain. Supporters of this provision say they want a date certain for a U.S. withdrawal from Iraq, but Mr. President, what they've offered us is more accurately described as a date certain for surrender with grave consequences for the future of Iraq, the stability of the Middle East, and the security of Americans at home and abroad, said McCain on the Senate floor Tuesday. Let's all at least give McCain credit for stopping his presidential fundraising long enough to come back to D.C. and at least vote on this one. Now that the funding bill containing the troop withdrawal language passed this week, I'm on pins and needles waiting to hear what they'll start calling the Democrats responsible for pushing it through. Cut and runners has kind of played out. The smart money says they'll go with either yellow bellies or scaredy cats. All right, you scaredy cats. You're a bunch of scaredy cats like that cat on the road. Free cat. Tasty. Mm, <laughs> 927. Why is it? I, I think generally speaking, I could be wrong because I know that Zisco is a real dog lover like I am and you are. Yes. 
Why is it that most of us who are dog lovers hate cats like poison? I mean, just well, that, despise That it. question answers itself. Because dogs are loyal and nice to you and care about right. you. Right. Cats could give a squat. Well, let them squat on this. And cats do their thing in a box. You know? That's right. Oh, grotesque. Cats are always doing their thing. They do their own thing. You're at their convenience, not the way the other way around. Like oh, kind of like management. Yeah. Financial farm. The Neil Rogers Show. <laughs> this is your brain. <laughs> Any questions? All right. Soda and shampoo and coffee and water. Gel candles and teething rings for your daughter. Dump out that duty-free case of champagne. These are the things you can take on a plane. Cheese whiz and hair gel and lip balm and toothpaste. Clear a silk for all of those bits on your face. You have that sunburn but no solar cane. That's one more thing you can take on a plane. Oh, Rectum. Yeah, you can't take your rectum on a plane anymore either. Have to leave it right at the uh, check it at the gate. I am real excited about hearing one thing, and you know what that is? What the two o'clock bell? Oh, that sounds like I said two things. I'm real excited about hearing. That's one, the two o'clock bell, and the other one's Kevin Crew. Take your seats. Oh, that. Yeah, that's I, I like that. I just love that. Kevin Crew, take your seats. There's something about the uh, cruise there, the Dutch cruise on KLM. They're just really great. I mean, uh, the boarding process sometimes can be a little bit hectic, but that's with all the Europeans, you know. They tend to be a little bit pushy and disorganized, and they all start shoving and like, uh, oh, all these, all these people. Now, see, there's the British guy from, uh, you know, apologizing for entering those Iranian waters. That guy looks kind of human. I'd uh, check him out. 939 votes at the poll. At the, at the poll. And Kevin, one of our, ask me how many new MySpace friends we have. How many new MySpace friends do we have? Kevin, though, sends me an interesting note. He says, uh, I like it when you get Godfather intensive. Yeah. I would have thought Brandon would have said that, but Brandon's too busy talking about milkshakes and ice cream today. Everybody's trying to, like, uh, you know, give me the, I'm not doing no bad food today. How do you like that? Or all weekend. That's, that's my goal. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Even I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. It's a, it's a drug, baby. It's a drug. Sugar is a drug. It's the strongest drug. It's a thousand times more addictive than heroin, than any other damn thing. Cocaine, uh, marijuana, you name it. Sugar. Azucar, baby. As your good friend Cita Cruz would say, if she were here. I am Celia Cruz and I am dead now. Yeah, that's what she'd say. 943 votes. See, I should know right off the bat that a lot of your people were Cedar Cruz fans. That should have told me right there that there's a little something off with some of that crowd. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Especially the old ones with the green tooth uh -huh. and the dominoes. little something off, like your mother, like Mamacita, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, a little. Something a little bit off, like... And by like a little, that. you mean a lot. Well, I'm, I don't want to start getting personal with your mama, you know? <laughs> oh, leave, it's like that, that would be... You. 943 votes on the poll. We'll get 1,000 this hour, and then Chris can sit back, slump back in the chair, and start thinking about uh, more food. So you're 30, huh? You're pretty old to be on this show. Yeah. I mean, at least in that chair, anyway. How old is Josh Cordes? 23? Thereabouts. Well, that's a good age. 23 is an excellent age. 30 seems like kind of old to be doing that. There's no future in this, Chris. But you can kiss my ass again and thank me so much for giving you this great opportunity. Okay. 
Oh, do you mean do you want it now or no? No, I, I don't want it now. In fact, in your case, I don't want it. Oh, Jesus. Well, that'll cheer me about for the food all weekend. I'm going to think about wanting Chris. Now, that's bad. That, that was so insensitive on my part. Well, that would be the same as you wanting me. You know, it would be just as gruesome. Oh. Are we going to add Godfather out of this, or am I just going to continue telling, me, uh, telling the audience about Kevin said it would be a good Either idea? Either way, whatever you want. You're going to add it on there, Chris, or what? He doed it. Yeah, it's already done. I don't see it on there. Let me let me refresh it one more time. <sighs> there it is. Doesn't have any votes yet, but it'll get some votes. Maybe nobody likes that. I mean, we can't do the whole show just for, uh, you know, for Brandon. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Just like the thing with the, uh, with that uh, old Neil thing for your buddy Christopher, who's, by the way, vanished again. He just, you know, he's here and there and gone. And now that uh, you, you finally sent that to him, right? You uh, emailed that to him? Yes. The old, the old Neil thing? Well, yes. Good. Now we don't have to play it. I mean, I, I liked it the first 4,000 times. I thought it was pretty funny. I enjoy it, especially that sports concubine thing, that, that line there toward the end. That kind of gets me a little chuckling just a little bit. I enjoy it most when Neil gets blank intensive. Politics, 333. Religion, 199. Station management, 145. Such as it is. Station mismanagement, that should say. I hate this poll, 56, 5.9%. That's not too bad, considering, considering the lay of the land. When Neil uh, gets sex intensive, 55. Food intensive, 52. Ratings intensive, 50. Eh. Hockey intensive, 38. MySpace, 17. At least MySpace is ahead of something now, Godfather, because it doesn't have any. Oh! Kevin, it was a good good idea, I thought. Didn't you think it was a good idea? Yeah. When we get Godfather intensive, start playing all them drop-ins like... Mama! Mama mia! I don't care how many Dago, Guinea, Watt, Greaseball, Goombas come out of the woodwork. But evidently, they don't like that. Well, we'll see. Time will tell. You know, it's one of those things. Time will tell. Bush and Rove joking. Did you see the thing where uh, Rove was dancing? That thing? Oh, my God. You know. I, I heard about it. I have yet to see it. You had, didn't see it? They showed it. I heard about uh, it was surreal. Oh, all these innocent people are dying. All this bloodshed and mayhem. All this lunacy going on. And in the meantime, Carl Rove is dancing. R.J. Esco writes in the Smirking Chimp. Now, let's see. Has he got some other bio thing on here to give you, like, a uh, some kind of reference? No. That's good enough for me. If it's on the Smirking Chimp, it's okay for me. He says, I have a lot of sympathy for David Gregory, who was pressed into a bad comedy routine with Carl Rove at the Radio and Correspondence Dinner tonight, meaning on uh, last night. Rove had already cracked a lame joke about Patrick Fitzgerald while mangling his first name as Peter. Then he and Gregory went on to rap with the bad comedian hosting the event. Bear in mind that the real subject of Rove's humor was the conviction of a senior White House official for committing a felony while serving this administration. Make that three felonies, proven beyond a reasonable doubt. That would be three felonies committed by somebody on Rove's team. Three felonies that involved using journalists to destroy a woman's career to hurt her husband for telling the truth. Ha ha, the reporters laughed gamely. Ha ha. Meanwhile, new evidence is emerging that Rove was directly involved in the firing of federal prosecutors. That directly contradicts what this same administration told this same group of correspondents. David Gregory's a fine reporter, but his uncomfortable routine just doesn't illustrate the impropriety of joking around with people who may have committed serious crimes. It also demonstrates how inappropriate it is to hold these events with an administration that deceived a nation into war, a deception that was enabled in large part by the same chatty familiarity being displayed at tonight's dinner. Here's the bottom line. The widespread loss of life in Iraq is due in no small part to the slipshod workmanship of many of the journalists at this event and their coziness with those now in power. Displaying that coziness while our fighting men and women are still dying over there isn't bad taste. And let's not forget the loss of innocent Iraqi lives either. 
I know I wrote recently about Tony Snow's illness and the need for reconciliation. I meant it. We can wish them the best as individuals and still oppose misdeeds and deception. And where crimes are committed, we can wish for justice to be served. Justice must prevail before reconciliation can begin. And as I wrote then, reconciliation involves an honest admission of one's own mistakes. There was none of that in evidence tonight, either from the administration or the reporters. Later, President Bush made a funny about the firing of federal prosecutors, firings that may involve multiple felonies, including obstructing justice, giving false testimony, and misleading another to give false testimony. You know you've really botched things when you have people siding with lawyers, said the president. Ha ha, said the reporters. My advice for David Gregory, who seems like a really good guy, is this. Next time you're asked, just say, thanks, but I think I'll sit this one out. Joking about the administration's proven as with Libby or suspected criminal behavior is highly inappropriate, especially since the media's job is to investigate the behavior. You don't kid around with people you're supposed to be probing for felonies and malfeasance, and you especially don't kid around about the potential felonies themselves, certainly not on the very day that new emails and other information about them is becoming available for your review. Maybe that's one reason why these routines were so horribly unfunny, because in comedy, timing is everything. <laughs> Oh, he's tearing stories up again. We can hear it right on the radio. Good. Turn it up real loud, okay? Turn it up as loud as you can. Ripping and tearing and scathing and just whatever. 9.54 on a pole. And during the break, I'm going to check again. We're not going to get... I bet you we don't get to 12.95 today on that thing. I don't know. I, I think it's almost like out of spite because they've been, you know, they've been coming in pretty good almost every day. There's a couple of new ones over here, three or four new ones over there, including the ones that are trying to peddle some Victoria's Secret or some crap so they can get a $500 gift certificate. I, I just, that's just right. It's like when a little kid's knock on the door. Well, if I saw enough of these crappy magazines or enough of this crappy candy, I get, uh, you know, some some crap. I get a scholarship to go to, uh, you know, FU. I mean, well, what the hell do we owe these people that we should put them on there so they can get some kind of a stupid-ass piece of crap? Well, what do I owe those people? Right. And they won't even put a real profile on there? Like, even a make-believe profile at least would be a little bit of work. If you're going to try to, like, squeeze onto somebody's MySpace or some other damn page, at least uh, take, you know, 20 minutes and fabricate some crap. I mean, there are plenty of other people good at doing that, fabricating phony profiles. It can't be that difficult, right? Right. Steal somebody else's, like, uh, huh? yeah, like that, like that bunch of baloney. One thing I found out about Bryce is not... Nice! Right, Bryce. Remember bryce Aroni? Uh-huh. I ate it. 959 votes on the pool. We'll, we'll get to 1,000 this hour. I'm sure Chris is very confident of that. And what are we eating there today? Tell me something low-carb, low low-calorie. Okay, no. You're not eating anything? I had a sandwich, but I don't know if it was low-carb... Chris didn't and what have was that story we had yesterday about the pizza in the uh, year? What, what was that? Remember oh, we don't want to revisit that issue because it was an analogy. <laughs> yeah. About things that don't go into other things. Aren't about that too. square pegs that don't fit into round holes. Yeah. Oh. And round pegs that don't fit into square holes. Well, guess what? When they're both round, they fit. I see. And what about peg like baits? Uh-huh. That fits too. Where did he fit in? Twelve minutes past eleven at QAM. It's Friday, you bastard. Good morning, Americans. It's Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Abigail McGillan, an elderly woman, answered a knock at the door one day, only to be confronted by a well-dressed young man carrying a vacuum cleaner. I'll say it again. The young man was carrying a vacuum cleaner. Good morning, said the man. If I could take a couple of moments of your time, I'd like to demonstrate the very latest in high-powered vacuum cleaners. Go away, said Abigail. I haven't got any money. And she proceeded to close the door. Quick as a flash, the young man wedged his foot in the door and pushed it wide open. 
Don't be too hasty, he said to Abigail. Not until you have at least seen my demonstration. With that, he emptied a bucket of horse manure onto her hallway carpet. If this vacuum cleaner does not remove all traces of horse manure from your carpet, madam, I will personally eat the remainder. Abigail stepped back and chuckled and said, Well, I hope you've got a damn good appetite because they cut off my electricity this morning. Paul Harvey. Good day. Good day. 973 votes on the pool. By the bottom of the hour, we're going to be like hovering right around 1,000. And then, then they will fear us, man. Speaking of Godfather intensive, has Godfather got any votes? It's got four. That's not too bad. And we have 1293 now in our MySpace. 1293, we've got a new friend. Okay. Inked. What is it? Inked uh, once or something like that. I, I don't know. Inky Some of these people do. don't use. What? Inky Dinky Doo. Inky Dinky Doo, yeah. Like uh, Jimmy Durante would say, Inky Dinky Doo. Yeah. Cha -cha -cha -cha. Yeah, he had some real talent. We never figured out what it was, though. Oh, he had a big nose. That was what it was. He was bald and had a big schnoz. And he could uh, tinkle on the piano and play a little bit, too. Look at this story somebody just faxed in. Wow. Let's see. Hey, Neil, how about ripping the collars for the pool before I get to the story they sent in? Uh, no. That, that doesn't even, grammatically, doesn't even fit in, right? And, and not only yeah. that, but I would say, what callers? WQAM, hello. Hey, how you doing? Okay. You'd be, I guess you could say, Howard Beale was in that work. Is that correct, sir? That is absolutely correct, sir. Uh, in the beginning of the week, there, um, not to say that only 30 million people get involved and watch it, but American Idol ran six minutes over. And to back themselves up, I guess that's uh, Fox, whoever does Dancing with the Stars, they played a repeat before. So they were able, and maybe there was a, an Ojean provocateur out there and, and tipped them off, but for someone who tried to manipulate something, they, they were, it didn't stand out as much as they wanted to make that uh, announcement. Now, also, I have one of those machines. My mother, 14 years ago, bought a Vitamix 2000 stainless steel. If you put cream and ice and sugar and fruit, you have ice cream. Or if you put in uh, fruits and vegetables or just fruits and you leave it on long enough, you make hot soup. If you uh -huh. had one of these, and they're about 700 now, you go into a coma. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Do you have any idea what he said? What? I mean, I, I know about the milkshake maker, but, but but the first part of that, do you have any idea nope. what he was talking about? A Doris fan club is petitioning Florida's new governor to clear Jim Morrison's criminal record. There are no fans as one-eyed and obsequious as Jim Morrison fans. One-eyed, like the Cyclops. All right. And according to the... I wonder if there really was a Cyclops, you think? Probably some once upon a time. Maybe some, uh, you know, mutant... Oh, I'm sure there have been plenty of one-eyed monsters running around on the loose. I've seen it. Uh-huh, yeah. And according to the World Entertainment News Network, Doris superfan Dave Diamond has challenged Florida's new governor, Charlie Crist, gay, to clear Morrison of the 1969 charges of indecent exposure and public profanity. There's been much speculation over the incident in Miami's Dinner Key Auditorium where Morrison was arrested by the Dade County Police. Although there was much public outrage at the time, the myth of the rebel lizard king would be much diminished without the incident. Regard I, I don't think so at all. I don't think anybody really gives it. When you think of the doors in Jim Morrison, do you really think about that incident on uh, where he supposedly uh, whipped it out? No. Regardless, Diamond posting on Doors fan page, Doors Collectors Magazine, wants Chris to re-examine the ridiculous charges. Diamond writes, no matter what happened to that concert or how you feel about the man himself, the prosecution and agencies involved in this matter denied James Douglas Morrison his constitutional rights. F and A, baby. Morrison's constitutional rights notwithstanding... 
I'm unsure if the Founding Fathers slipped into clause proclaiming that rock stars are allowed to get their wangs out and swear on stage. Hopefully, Chris will treat this absurd request with the disrespect it deserves. Now, who wrote this crap? Who's the moron that wrote this? Andrew T.I.J.S. How do you pronounce it? Andrew Ties? Andrew ties his uh, socks together in the morning. What an idiot. Well, look at that. Somebody just faxed. Now, what, what is that? Somebody just faxed me a piece of copy for a Hank spot. This is Hank Goldberg. Do you, did you fax this to me? No. Where, where did this come from? I don't know. came from your fax machine, man. 305. There's the fax number, 6500198. came from your machine, man. This is Hank Goldberg. You've trusted my advice as to where to put your money, yada, yada, yada. And it's a spot for uh, Shelley Bloom. I mean, I like Shelley Bloom just fine, all of that. But what, what, why am I getting this? Well, what do you mean that you didn't fax this to me? How is it possible? Did this come like, is this like magic? Maybe, maybe it's magic. Seriously, it's got, it's got your, the, the studio uh, fax number on it, man. What does this mean, Mun? And here's another one coming. Now, did you just send me something else? I just sent you a fax. This is... You're, you're right about that Dragnet thing. This is muy... Interessante. Oh, that's a fax with some, like, stuff on it. But what about this piece of copy? Well, I'll tell you, what, tell you what I'm going to do, like Jimmy Durante would say. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick it over there and we'll no, find out we'll what that's all about. Give him a I mean, how is it possible? Oh, and look at this. Facts that says there are rumors that Sid the Kid Rosenberg Cranstein Schwartz is going back to New York's WFAN because his wife hates it in Florida. He was on Amos this week and got into trouble. And here's the article. What is this from? Media Matters? I don't know where, what that's in. But at any rate, here's what the article says. He's back. Rosenberg alluded to previous racially insensitive remarks that got him fired from Imus. On the March 27th edition, that's, uh, let's see, what day would that be? Monday, Tuesday, whatever it was, Saturday. March 27th edition of MSNBC's Imus in the Morning, former Imus sports announcer Sid Rosenbergstein Kranz Schwartzberg had appeared on the program in reference to the story in the New York Daily News headline, Serena Shocked by Racist Heckler. Rosenberg commented, I was on an airplane, suggesting he couldn't have been the one heckling professional tennis player Serena Williams. Rosenberg's joke appeared to be a reference to racially insensitive remarks he made in June 2001 about Williams and her sister, Venus, both of whom are African-American. According to a November 20, 2001 Newsday article, Rosenberg said on the air, One time a friend, he says to me, Listen, one of these days you're going to see Venus and Serena Williams in Playboy. I said, You've got a better shot at National Geographic. Rosenberg also referred to Venus Williams as an animal. A June 18, 2001 New York Times article on Rosenberg's remarks noted that host Don Imus subsequently fired him but reversed himself and rehired Rosenberg after the sports commentator apologized on the air. Nonetheless, on November 12, 2004 edition of Imus in the morning, Rosenberg referred to Palestinians as stinking animals and said, they ought to drop the bomb right there, kill them right now. On November 29, 2004, MSNBC offered an apology for these remarks. The views expressed on the program are not those of MSNBC. Having said that, it was unfortunate these remarks were telecast by MSNBC. We sincerely apologize to anyone who was offended by these remarks. They said, in May 2005, Rosenbergstein Kranz-Schwartz was once again fired from Imus in the morning, this time for comments about singer Kylie Minogue, who had recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. According to a May 25, 2005 New York Post article, Rosenberg said, she won't look so pretty when she's bald with one breast. The Post quoted a spokesperson for Viacom-owned Infinity Broadcasting, which operates WFAN, 
stating that Rosenberg will not be returning to Amherst in the Morning Show. But in recent months, Rosenberg has repeatedly appeared on the show. A January 29th article in the New York Daily News asserted Sid Rosenbergstein, Crane Schwartz, uh, uh, Holtz, was last seen crashing and burning on the Amos Morning Show on WFAN, returns this week to fill in for Chris Carlin, who replaced him. In fact, on the January 29th edition of Amos in the Morning, Amos asserted, I gave Sid today off, thinking, why take the chance? Rosenberg did, however, appear on the following four broadcasts of the program, yada, 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 at least two more, and it goes on with dates and times. However, March 27th was the first time since he filled in for Carlin in January that he appeared in MSNBC studio in Secaucus, New Jersey. Rosenberg appeared in the MSNBC studio again on March 28th edition of Imus in the morning. Imus had reduced him by saying, Sid Rosenberg in the house. Executive producer Bernard McCork added, the comeback is complete. Uh-oh. On February 5th, when Carlin returned, Imus said, by having Sid on, he really a spotlight was thrown on your many shortcomings. Carlin defended himself. I don't get sued on many occasions. Don't get you sued on many occasions, he said. I don't get you in trouble all over the place. Imus replied, and hey, you don't get us any ratings. During the February 2nd edition of Imus in the Morning, Imus asked fan radio host Chris Maddow Russo, guess who's been on all week with us who's been great? Russo answered, I know, Mr. Rosenbergstein, Stein, Schwartz. You're going to blow off Carlin now that you got Sid back? Imus said that he intended to keep Carlin, but that we're going to try to work out something with Sid, too. How do you like that, Sid the Kid? His wife can't stand it in South Florida. Hates it like poison. And, of course, stop and think she's married to him. The federal government just learned about those people today. Under withering criticism from both parties, Brown offered no apology. And mostly blamed others for the debacle that cost hundreds of lives. Mike Brown, there's no one left to blame. I said, Brownie, you're the government shame. I said, Brownie. Your career's up in flame. There's no one I know who's more lame. George Bush, you'd better make him shut up before he says it was you who messed up. You can defend him, but I'm sure you will find many think that he should do time. He's way too dumb to run the FEMA. Some people died when he ran FEMA. Absolutely. Now that everyone knows that your leadership blows, you can go back to your horse shows. Today, both Republicans and Democrats criticize the fact that Brown is still on the federal payroll. That may be because as long as he remains an administration official, his testimony must be cleared. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. 1131 at 560. What's that got to do with the price of peanuts anyway? And a lot of people are allergic to that crap in the first place. There's one thing I cannot stand. It's peanuts. Oh, man. Fat. Uh, oh. There's nothing worse than buying a whole bunch of, um, like, like a canister of nuts. Mm-hmm. And you think it's going to be mostly cashews and almonds and Brazil nuts and good stuff. Right. And then you find out, because you hadn't read the print because you're a That's moron. right. And then you find out it's like 95% peanuts. You gotta read the label and make sure that you're getting the quality mixed nuts. Yeah, the quality mixed nuts. You better check your With, nuts um, first before you start uh, popping them in your mouth. Mostly cashews and whatnot. Nine hundred ninety-seven votes on the poll. Any second now, we're gonna go to a thousand. Wow. And if you thought that call was confusing, this fax that's supposed to explain it is—I yeah, I don't get it at all. It says that Fruit Loops caller was referring to an American Idol going six minutes past its usual half-hour slot, but I TiVo Idol, and guess what? It was scheduled to go 36 minutes. It was no surprise. Sheesh, it says. Sheesh. Sheesh. Remember Sheesh and Sean? Sheesh. If the program... If the program director plays the tapes, first of all, it's not the program director. It's the general manager who makes it even worse. Ever plays the tapes, I'll hunt him down and gut him like a fish or be really upset, or both. It's not the uh, program director. Okay, don't be picking on Clarence for that. Pick on him for just about anything else, but not for that. For Christ's sakes. 
We don't have enough time. We've only got two and a half hours left. We don't have enough time to, like, pick on Clarence, all the things he deserves getting picked on. But it's a general mangler who's got this affinity for tapes. Oh, yeah, well, we could put a tape on there on Friday. And blah, 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 blah. We, yeah. You know, you could run this thing down into the zeros pretty soon, Mr. Bell, Jolly Joe. No wonder him and Clarence get along so well. They don't like having those large cumbersome numbers to deal with like we used to have. Remember those days back mm -hmm. in the day? I remember the, uh, the uh, fruit salad days. Now, let me it always gets to be this part of the hour, and then the thing freezes up. Let's see if we get to a thousand. We've got 998. They're coming in by the ones now. And the Godfather's got six votes. And we still have only 1,293 friends in MySpace. I think that was unrealistic for you to give me that challenge today at the beginning of the show. Sorry. I had three. Uh, you better get to thirteen hundred today, Mister, or you're slipping. You know. Yeah, that's that's crap. Nobody loves you anymore. That, that's not what I'm hearing. I'm getting lots of that's love. Right. Okay, you are. Most of my love is it's online love. Syrupy. What is it? It's syrupy. What are you talking about? All the love. All the love people are pouring on you. <laughs> Speaking of fruit salad, yeah, fruit cocktail. That was always one of my mother's favorites. Fruit oh, cocktail. Who now wants too? fruit cocktail out of a can? Yeah. My mother would make a fruit cocktail like in Jello. She'd stir it into the Jello. You know, oh, it was like a yeah. big claim to fame dessert. Thing. Exactly the same thing. The right. The only thing that she could make without screwing it up was freaking Jello. Really? Yeah. Well, something to be said for that. You're I, I know. I was you're never going to be fat eating Jello, and it sure goes down easy. Nine ninety eight on the pool, boy. That thing is slowed down to a crawl. What is going on here? Every time it gets to be like 35 to 40, in that, in that five-minute segment, I think Eric is dealing with us. I think he slams his foot on the brake. Steve Young's got a good article here. Media Matters, Ann Coulter, Jameson Foster, Bill O'Reilly, Steve Young, Goebbels, and the First Amendment. Do I have time to read this before the break? I think I do. Boy, you're sure reading a lot of articles today. You bet your sweet ass I am, okay? And that one call we took, I haven't got any idea what he was talking about. I'm sure he didn't either. Why does anybody care about that? What the hell was he talking about? About the show ran late? I think maybe he was referring to the Kenny and Bo morning show and the fact we ought to give them a lot more time. And I'm not a team player like that guy that called uh, whatever day that was on, on Crazy Monday. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. You're not a team player. You should have let them go oh, yeah. and run yeah, your show real. and put on that great comedian, whatever the hell his name was, Benny Blades or whatever. Who was the guy? Who was the uh, Bernie, uh, Bernie Mac? Mac. Bernie Mac. I like Freddie Mac, and I like uh, Jimmy Mac. You, didn't we play a little bit of that on Monday? Yeah, we did. Jimmy Mac. Yeah, don't play it again. Oh, I, I do like it, though. Steve Young says, on Wednesday, I wrote a column in the Huffington Post, picked up elsewhere, concerning an email written by Jameson Foster, Foser of Media Matters of America and sent to supporters of Media Matters for America, in which he asked people whose local newspapers carry Ann Coulter's column to contact those papers and ask them to either drop her column or explain why they chose to continue distributing her vile hate speech. In one variation of my column that appeared in many sites, it was entitled, The Most Painful Column I've Ever Written. That was meant for two reasons. One, that I was defending the indefensible, Ann Coulter. Number two, I was taking one of my favorite and one of the web's most important sites to task. In response, Foser said, my column compared his email to Joseph Goebbels' work in Nazi Germany and that I wrote, Holy Goebbels, folks, which I guess he construed as a comparison of the uh, lovelies of the Third Reich. But talk about the popcorn the kettle, national socialistic, uh, Deutsche, uh, whatever, white. I only compared his email to Goebbels. Foster chose, Foser chose to be far more incendiary, comparing me to Bill O'Reilly. Holy hyperbole, folks. I said that I felt Media Matters was wrong, not that they should be boycotted. What Foser didn't mention was that I also said Media Matters does good work. Fact is, right after I check out Huffington Post, I check Media Matters, first and last thing every day. 
He didn't mention that I said Media Matters always backed up information with actual transcripts and sound checks, something Bill O'Reilly refuses to admit. You see, I love what David Brock has put together and continues to do for us. You ever hear Bill O say that? But in likening me to Bill O, he did help me see the light. Not as an apology, but for the sake of specificity, I should never have written Holy Goebbels, folks, even as hyperbole. I should have written Holy O'Reilly, folks, much more on the money, because Foser's email did have the ring of a factor talking point. He said that only he only urged newspapers to reconsider whether the decision to do so serves their readers and viewers. That's what Bill O does with anything he doesn't like or agree with. He said, I was telling people to keep quiet about their belief that newspapers should not carry Kohler's irrational hate-laden writings. No individual citizens can do whatever they want. I just didn't think Media Matters should be leading a war against these papers. I write a Sunday op-ed column every Sunday in the L.A. Daily News. So does Bill O'Reilly. Any number of times I make B.O. the negative object of my oh-so-hysterical columns, many times on the same page as his inarticulate musings. If B.O. was successful getting the folks to write in to have their Daily News drop my column because I felt I was unworthy of being printed there, as M.M. is asking their folks to do, would M.M. find that appropriate? The whole, the whole demanding any written word dropped, the leader even burned, begins to get pretty dicey. Of course, I didn't mean in a Nazi way. I meant in a, well, I've got to think about that one. Suffice it to say, one's fascist freedom might be another person's oppression, or is it vice versa? Still, I should have never thrown down the Nazi gauntlet. I only meant that there was no need to help an enemy when they're already busy committing suicide. It's essential for America that until we get the truth from the media, media matters needs to report and watchdog misinformation being spouted. But when they get into move-on-ish activism, they set themselves up to be discredited. Even though I believe media matters' efforts against Ann Coulter is wrong-headed because we both despise Coulter's uber-hate speech and for everything else media matters does, I could forgive any differences we might have. But comparing me to Bill O'Reilly, unforgivable. Unforgivable. Steve Young award-winning TV writer and failed talk show host to author Great Failures of the, uh, of the Extremely Success. Doesn't even make any sense, does it? Extremely Success? <laughs> well, that's what it says. You're not paying any attention because we just got 1,004 votes. Oh! See? How Big about Trump that? came right in there while we weren't paying any attention while I was reading that very poorly written and uh, very bad reading, by the way, of the Steve Young column. Too bad. Sue me. If you don't like it, sue me. Okay. I'll call Norm. I enjoy it most when Neil gets blank intensive politics, 349, like that article I just got through reading about Man Coulter and B.O. I like that. Keith Olbermann calls him Billow. He calls him B.O. Religion, 212. God forbid. We don't want to talk about religion and all those getchkeys. We'll all burn in hell together. That's bad. Especially with Pesach coming and then Easter and the egg hunt. The egg roll. What does the egg roll have to do with the Jesus being crucified? What does it have to do with Easter? It's a pagan ritual. Easter is originally a pagan holiday that they superimposed Christian. Uh, I think I think you're saying that wrong, isn't it? Pagan, Jose Pagan. Sure, yeah, that's what I meant to say. I enjoy most when Neil gets station management intensive. 149. I hate this poll. 61, six percent. Sex, 57. Now we're talking. I said sex, sex intensive. Yeah, 57. Food, 55. Ratings, 53. Hockey, 41. MySpace, 20. And Godfather, only seven. Solamente siete. This is Eyewitness News. We have some breaking news now. We told you about this off the top. The President of the United States commenting on the latest controversy on those eight U.S. attorneys being fired and Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez. Let's listen in. I appointed these U.S. attorneys, and they ill serve. However, we will not go along with a reasonable solution to the issue. It will be regrettable, and that is completely appropriate. I proposed a fishing expedition. The idea was rejected. I hope they don't choose learning the facts. Our staff is always confusing. I also want to say something to the U.S. attorneys who resign. How 
and why... President Bush wrapping up his uh, Alberto Gonzalez uh, fiasco. Fiasco is the word. 1,016 votes. Anybody interested? No. And this guy's called me before, giving me a song to dance about American Idol and uh, dancing with the stars. Dancing with the stars. You fail. Give me a break. Get a life, you idiot. You simple than you. But that was a pretty good caller, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Great. I may have been the only one today. You never know, though. You notice how I surprised him? I cut him off guard. That's the way to do it. Thousand, there's that British guy again. One, uh, one of those. Oh, and there's the nun. She says the uh, Pope performed a miracle. I tell you one thing. He could have performed a better miracle from the neck up, honey. If she don't look like a guy, an ugly guy. <clears throat> Thousand sixteen votes on the poll. Godfather's bringing up the rear. Not good. And we got still twelve ninety three. I, I don't know what what you were thinking about. I was thinking about vacation. Well, that's right. This is your last day before vacation. It's George's last day before vacation. So everybody call up and say, hey, George, have a great time. You're not going anywhere anywhere, are you? No, no. Well, what the hell kind of vacation is that? A cheap vacation. Well, that sucks. Yeah, well. So it's a good thing that you're not going anywhere, because then I would have screwed up your whole vacation when I told you Friday you probably were going to come in and work. Yeah, I'll come in on Friday. I didn't Friday tell already. you to come in. I just told you I had that dilemma that I'm leaving at 1 o'clock on Friday next No week. dilemma. I'll take and another Friday said, somewhere. No problem. I'll come in on Friday yeah. and take off another Friday. Should have taken this one. See ya. Well, too late now. I'm already here. David Moberg. Remember Mo? That, that would be like if Mo mated with Hank Goldberg. Mated, I said. <laughs> I guess so. We David Moberg, you think? Howard David Moberg. Wow, that's look, put all those pieces together. Boy, since we ain't got Mo to kick around no Mo, things just aren't the same, are they? And we're real happy about that. Obama's community roots. In 1985, first they graduated from Columbia University, working for a New York business consultant. Barack Obama decided to become a community organizer. Though he liked the idea, he didn't understand what the job involved, and his inquiries turned up few opportunities. Then he got a call from Jerry Kelman, an organizer working on Chicago's far south side for a community group based in the churches of the region, an expanse of white, black, and Latino blue-collar neighborhoods that were reeling from the steel mill closings. Kelman was looking for an organizer for the New Developing Community Project, DCP, which would focus on black city neighborhoods. Obama, only 24, struck board members as awesome and extremely impressive, and they quickly hired him at 13 grand a year, plus 2,000 bucks for a car, a beat-up blue Honda Civic, which Obama drove for the next three years, organizing more than 20 congregations to change their neighborhoods. Despite some meaningful victories, the work of Obama and hundreds of other organizers didn't transform the South Side or restore lost industries, but it did change the young man who became the junior senator from Illinois in 2004 and provides clues to his worldview as he bids for the Democratic presidential nomination. I can't say we didn't make mistakes that I knew what I was doing, Obama recalled three years ago to a boisterous convention of the still active DCP. Sometimes I called a meeting and nobody showed up. Sometimes preachers said, why should I listen to you? Sometimes we try to hold politicians accountable, and they didn't show up. I couldn't tell whether I got more out of it than this neighborhood. But he continued, I grew up to be a man right here in this area. It's as a consequence of working with this organization in this community that I found my calling. There was something more than making money and getting a fancy degree. The measure of my life would be public service. After a transient youth and earnest search for identity, Obama also found a home, a community with which he continued relationships, a church and a political identity. He honed his talent for listening, learned pragmatic strategy, practiced bringing varied people together, and developed a faith in ordinary citizens that still influences his campaign message. He discovered the importance of personal storytelling in politics and wrote short stories that refined his style. 
Later as a politician, he worked closely with community groups, though not as ardently as another community organizer turned politician, the late Senator Paul Wellstone. As a presidential candidate, he frequently refers to his community organizing, asking supporters to treat his campaign as a social movement, and he's just an imperfect vessel of your hopes and dreams. Obama worked as an organizer at a time when Harold Washington's election as mayor stirred his hopes and dreams, as well as those of blacks and progressives in the city. Interviews with people who worked with him during that time elicited few complaints. Virtually everyone described him in glowing terms, including dedicated, hardworking, dependable, intelligent, inspiring, a good listener, confident but self-effacing. They expressed admiration for him as an organizer who trained strong community leaders while keeping himself in the background, and as a strategist who could turn general problems into specific winnable issues. Loretta Augustine Heron, a member of the DCP board that hired him, remembers him as someone who always followed the high road. You've got to do it right, she recalls him insisting. Be open with the issues, include the community instead of going behind the community's back, and he would include people we didn't like sometimes. You've got to bring people together. If you exclude people, you're only weakening yourself. If you meet behind doors and make decisions for them, they'll never take ownership of the issue, he said. Obama worked in the organizing tradition of Saul Alinsky, who made Chicago the birthplace of modern community organizing, as translated through the Gamaliel Foundation, one of several networks of faith-based organizing. Often by confronting officials with insistent citizens rather than exploiting personal connections, as traditional black Democrats proposed, Obama and DCP protected community interests regarding landfills and helped with employment training services, playgrounds, after-school programs, school reforms, and other public amenities. One day, a resident at Geld Gardens, a geographically isolated public ho- housing project surrounded by waste sites, brought a notice about planned removal of asbestos from the project manager's office. Obama organized the community to find out if there was asbestos in their apartments. They persisted as officials lied and delayed, then took a bus with far fewer people than Obama had anticipated to challenge authorities downtown. Ultimately, the city was forced to test all the apartments and eventually began cleaning them up. In his autobiography, Dreams from My Father, Obama writes that the bus trip changed him in a fundamental way because it hints at what might be possible and therefore spurs you on. That bus ride kept me going, I think, he said. Maybe it still does. A recent L.A. Times report contended that Obama overstated his own importance, ignoring others who were working on environmental issues, but in the book he's extremely modest about his role and accomplishments, as much as he was organizer when he refused fellow organizers' suggestions that he embellished the group's achievements. There was no campaign without Barack, Hellman says. He was there to get people organized when they wouldn't organize at all. Hazel Johnson, a longtime Atkel Gardens environmental activist, said, yeah, he's a good organizer, I have to give it to him. But Obama grew restless and eventually went to Harvard Law School. He said, you can only go so far in organizing. You help people get solutions sometimes, but it's never as big as wiping away problems, says Michael Evans, a DPC organizer after Obama left. It wasn't end-all. He wanted to be part of the end-all to get things done. But Obama kept his ties to DCP and worked out of its office when he ran a drive that registered 150,000 new voters in 1992 and became the springboard for his own grassroots campaign for the Illinois State Senate. Obama's politics of transcendent unity, which has appealed to many voters, has its roots in his work as a bridge builder, in the words of Reverend Anthony Van Zanten, overcoming the gulf within DCP between Catholic and Protestant churches. But this vision of harmony also reflects Obama's distaste for conflict. Personality-wise, Barack did not like direct confrontation, Kelman says. He was a very nice young man, very polite. It was a stretch for him to do Alinsky techniques. He was more comfortable in dialogue with people. But challenging power was not an issue for him. Lack of civility was. Obama's organizing history may give few clues about what policies he would pursue as president, but Obama, the presidential candidate, still shows his roots. A faith in ordinary citizens, a quest for common ground, and a pragmatic inclination toward defining issues in winnable ways. 
Even when Obama was an organizer, Augustine Heron told him he'd be the nation's first black president. Now the Reverend Alvin Love, whom Obama recruited to DCP, looks at his candidacy and says, Everything I see reflects that community organizing experience. I see the consensus building, his connection to people and listening to their needs, and trying to find common ground. I think at his heart, Barack is a community organizer. I think what he's doing now is that. It's just a larger community to be organized. You go, Barack. Oh! He's a man, I'm telling you right now. He's going to electrify this country. You'll see. All right. Believe me? You believe me. I don't know about Chris. Uh, Chris is like kind of like... Chris wants to know if Ross Perot is going to give it another shot. No, nah, that's okay. You sure of that now? I'm very sure of that. Do you want to roll up your sleeves and lift up the engine and do-do-do, get out all the old manuals, huh? And do-do-do? That was such a testimony to the ignorant of the masses, man. In fact, and of course, guess who put him on the air? Uh -huh. Guess who made him what he became? Uh -huh. Besides a rich, uh, hateful piece of crap. 1032. Now, what are we going for today? 1200? Does that sound good on a Friday? Friday's a little bit down. A little bit down. This probably wasn't a really good idea to like be rustling up a whole bunch of new MySpace people when we only got one. 1293. You're still seven short. Still short. Not good. 1,032. So what do you think, Chris? 1,200 or what? Yeah, we can do 1,200 easy. Got to be more enthusiastic, man. Got to like, uh, you know, because George is pushing hard to get Josh back in there. That's right. That's yeah, yeah, we can do 1,200. <laughs> 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 what a suckling, man. You're just uh, amazing. I, but, uh, you know, you feeling okay today? Because, you know, if you want to go home. better. Well, yeah, I bet you are. After Josh Cordes was in there again yesterday and we had such a good time, he's feeling a hell of a lot better. He was only on for an hour, by the way. And then Miguel was on for an hour and 50 minutes till the ball game time. I have no idea who's on during the ball game, and neither does anybody else because nobody was listening. I enjoy it most when Neil gets blank intensive. That's our very, very excellent poll. Who are, and it wasn't one of our regular poll people either yesterday. Remember that thing came in kind of like on a sloppy piece of paper? Like somebody, here it is. Like somebody, mung, oh, you know where it was from? What? It was one of our regular poll. It was from just somebody different, University Dodge. Hmm. Boy, they don't do any work down there at all, do they? All they do is send us faxes all day, which I like that. I appreciate all the good faxes. Just the faxes, man. 1037, I enjoy it most when Neil gets politics intensive. 358, like that nifty story he just read about Barack Obama. Religion, 219. Station management, 152. Such it is as it is. I hate this poll, 63 and even 6%. Well, whatever. When Neil gets sex intensive, 58. I got news for it. When Neil gets sex intensive, you're going to hear dead air. He'll be out of there. He'll be out in the streets prowling, grabbing and squeezing. That's right. Uh, food intensive, 56. No more food for this kid until lunchtime. Ratings, 55. <laughs> Ratings 55, hockey 42, MySpace only 22. They hate it. We don't want to hear about that crap. And The Godfather only Dose 12. This is Brandy Quinn. Whenever I shave my balls, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Sometimes I feel that life is passing me by. Sometimes I feel that people don't want to smile. Then I turn on my radio. It makes me smile like a child. Neil Rogers on my radio. Neil Rogers on my radio. Oh, 
better than a live radio show every morning on TV? Well, just about anything. But that hasn't stopped MSNBC from teaming up with radio's original bad boy, who now looks like a nasty old lady. Listen, Bernie, Imus. Tell that intern this coffee sucks. Yes, every morning, see Imus listen to a tape of other people's comedy bits, live on the air. I need a hammer to bite into this muffin. Oh. Somebody give me a fresh one, please. Thank you. See his wild behind-the-scenes addicts. Hey, listen to me, stupid. I am the Iman. You are the walrus cuckoo cachoo. Now get me some fresh coffee or you're fired. Imus, he's irreverent. So, uh, what's the deal with the Pope? He's topical. So, uh, what's the deal with this Watergate race? He's incoherent. I'll tell you what, that, uh, is it double repentant? What, what the hell is it? I don't know. He's... I miss and he's boring. And he's only on MSNBC, a cable channel nobody watches, and a bunch of AM radio stations nobody listens to. And when somebody gets some fresh jingle, it's Iris. All right, he's going to have Sid the Kid back on there permanent with him pretty soon, which means there's going to be a big gap. Maybe they can bring back, uh, what's his name? Who was it? They used to have O.J. McDuffie in middays. Oh, <laughs> hey, don't tease. And now I see the Boosters going to be doing all kinds of baseball games and a lot of Braves games and stuff like that, so he ain't going to be around. Maybe they can just sign off in midday. Be a big improvement. 1,059 votes on our poll. We're going to make uh, 1,200. Easy. 1,100 this hour. No sweat at all. It's a good thing, too, because Chris isn't, you know, he's not 100%. He's a little bit under the weather. Probably laying back, stooped back there <laughs> in the chair. Am I yeah. real? Yes. Yeah, shoveling food in his mouth. So oh, he's nice. Straight up, eating with both nice. hands. Nice. Isn't yeah. that really nice? So, wow. He's feeling much Stoop better, obviously. back in a chair with his big poker yeah. hanging out. One thing about us uh, fat people, man, we're never too sick to eat, I'll tell you that. He's in the pink. Yeah, I'll bet. Never too sick to eat. Uh, very nice. Mm-hmm. What is this music I have? Oh, it's Chicago again. I thought, yeah. I thought, just keep it in there in case we're going to do another ball game. No ball game today, by the way. Don't go running for the radio. As soon as I say ball game, boy, that's a bad move on my part. You can just hear them racing for the radio dial. Oh, another Marlin game. Oh, holy crap. Oh, you know, like that. Just relax. There ain't no, well, I mean, maybe there is one, but we don't carry it. That's my point. And the good news is next week, Monday and Wednesday, we have Marlins regular season baseball. Wow. Woo. What a, what a shame. Now, see, you get screwed. Yeah, I know. Well, sooner or later. Yeah. Marlins and the Washington Nats at 105. The pregame show, Marlins on deck at 12.30 Monday. <laughs> and then Marlins at the Washington Nats, let's see, uh, Tuesday's night game. Wednesday at 105, pregame, Marlins on deck at 12.30 again. <laughs> so we get, uh, so you get, but, you know, that's okay. It's the way it goes. Probably the week that you're on, there aren't any ball games at all when I'm on vacation. Probably. When I'm over across the pond. That's how it works for me. When I'm on the damn rack, man, at the, I'll, uh, I'll contact you from the internet, uh, from the easy uh, internet cafe on the damn rack. All right. All right what? I said, all right. I could do that. I yeah, could go you on could. our page and I could send you like an, an email on there and say, right. hey, it's really great over here and all kinds of stuff going on and a lot of wild perversion because it's um, Amsterdam and stuff like that. You could call the hotline when you're sitting on the can. Yeah, I could text you from the can like you did the last week. Right? You could uh, send an instant message uh, or a picture. A picture on the can? Sure. Why do I want to do that? Oh, for and grins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. 1062 on a pool, 1062. I just mentioned that. You know, people. there are a lot of people, I'm sure, because... Uh, I have no yeah, life. Yeah, that's a good reason. They have no life. And so they keep track of that kind of stuff. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised at all 
You know how there are people, I don't know why, I used to do it as a kid too, they keep score of a baseball game when they're listening to it on the radio or watching on TV. They actually have a scorebook like they're at the, I don't even know if you're at the ballpark why you do that. That's so stupid. I can see if you're broadcasting the game like I used to do, of course you keep score because then you can just say, hey, back in the fourth inning he struck out, and but maybe in the fifth inning he lined out to the second baseman, something like that. But I have a feeling that we have people out there who have their own Neil Rogers scorebook, and they keep score of how many votes we have each day at a given time. You know what I mean? Like a, like a mm-hmm. graph, like a chart. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I don't think so. Sumter, South Carolina. Nothing could be finer than to stay out of South Carolina. Am I right about that? That's right. Sumter, a gay couple looking to rent a hotel room, say they were turned away because of their sexuality. She wasn't discreet about it, said Jason Pickle, referring to a hotel employee. She was not apologetic. She just said, we do not rent to gay people, especially if their name is Pickle. Wow. Can you imagine a gay guy named Pickle? Must be uh, some comedy moments there. For the past two and a half years, Pickle and Darren Black Bear... Yeah. ...have been in a committed relationship. I don't know, it sounds like an Indian or something. I don't know what that... ...have been in a committed relationship. During a search for a temporary home, the couple says it went to Affordable Suites of America, a long-term stay hotel on Gion Street, G-I-O-N, Gion, in Sumter. We were inquiring about price, deposits, extra person fee, and she asked who the room was going to be for. And I said, for my partner and myself, Pickle said. She said, oh, we don't rent to multiple people of the same sex. I said, so you don't rent to a gay couple? She said, no, we don't rent to gay people at all. Couples, singles, trifectas, quad actors, uh, quintuplets, whatever. All of these uh, All of these things. things. The website for Affordable Suites of America states that the company does not allow children or pets in its suites, but there's no mention of same-sex couples. Channel 19, wherever the hell that is, somewhere in South Carolina, obviously, contacted the hotel posing as a potential renter and inquired about two men staying in the same room. The receptionist who answered the phone told us the following. Our policy is we don't rent to two people of the same sex if we only have one bed. Is that your official policy, we asked? That's corporate policy because they only have one sleeping area. When we asked, is uh, okay, can we share the bed? I suppose they could, but most men don't want to, she said. Most men don't want to share a bed, especially if it's one of them like teeny tiny posted size uh, stamp of beds. However, when News 19 called the owner of the hotel, Carol Atkinson, he said there had been some confusion. He says any couple can come to the place and they'll rent to them, period. Atkinson says the policy was not meant to target homosexuals. He says they were just trying to stop two single people from being in the same bed. Well, what's wrong with two single people being in the same bed? What's wrong with that? Nothing. Pickle and Black Bear say they still plan to seek legal action. Ever have pickled Black Bear? Oh, delish. <laughs> in a jar. Mm-hmm. Everyone is floored, shocked, and outraged, said Pickle. We've contacted some of our friends who are activists. Currently, there's no... Currently, there's no state law preventing a hotel from refusing service to a same-sex couple. However, it's illegal to discriminate on the basis of race, creed, color, national origin, gender, disability, or marital status. If they have a policy, it has to be maintained fair and equitably, said Tom Sponseller, president of the Hospitality Association of South Carolina. At the beach, for example, because there are different bike weekends at the beach, that policy has to be enforced and consistent. 
There's currently a bill in the South Carolina State Senate that addresses the issue. The measure proposed by Charleston Democrat Robert Ford would expand the Lodging Establishment Act to include prohibition of discrimination because of sexual orientation or gender identity or how many people want to, like, all cozy up in one little postage stamp-sized bed. What a crock of crap. Yeah, we want to make sure that uh, single people don't hop in the same little bed together. God only knows what kind of things they might be doing in there like that, you know? Kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. That's South Carolina for you, man. That's where all the Getskis want to go, isn't it? They want to make it their state. We don't hear those articles anymore. And you want to know how many people they got together to do that? None. Yeah, that's why we don't hear no more about it. They were going to make it the first all-Christian state, baby, and they're going to get all the Getskis, all the hate mongers, all the fundamentalist lunatics, all gathered in South Carolina. I think it's a perfect place for them, if you ask me. 1070 on the poll. By the bottom of the hour, we'll have our uh, 1,100, 1,200 easy today. In fact, we might have really gone out on a limit shot for 13. We might have. You know, so I said, like, in the past tense, but we won't. WQAM, hello. Sports, 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 well, what do they got now? Sid Rosenkranstein is evidently doing what everybody knew he would do, that he would uh, get the hell out of Florida as fast as he could and try to suck his way back into the IMA show, and evidently he's doing a good job of that. So he'll be gone. Booster's getting ready now. The uh, baseball season starts this coming week, so he'll be on the way out. And what do they got? Maybe they can put Daniel Bastard and Stu Gossan for like 15 hours a day. What do you think? All right. And maybe we can loan him toast back over there. What do you think? What do you think about that, Chris? Um, yeah, sure. I think they got rid of that uh, square round peg table this morning, though, or overall. Did we really? Yeah, I've, I try to tune in, like, on the way in around 8 o'clock to see if it's on, and I haven't noticed it this week, so. Oh, happy day. Have you got that by the Edwin Hawkins singers? Oh, happy day. You know I do. When the square table is gone. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to go out and I'm going to pray to the Lord. Hallelujah. I have found Jesus. No more square round uh, puke uh, oblong table. All right. I love this song. It almost makes me want to get religious, man. Yeah, well, put on one of those robes. Feel them. I can't say what kind of feeling. Like the Holy Rollers, you know, they're all rolling around that's the right. floor and they're You're feeling whatever they can get their hands on. They're feeling alive. And that's why they're so happy, too. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. I actually bought this record. Now, why would a Jew like me, a Jew kid like me, who used to get beat up by the Catholics because I was Jewish. Uh, why did would I buy a record about Jesus? This I just like it's the a good song. song. I still like the song. Yeah. yeah, me too. I like some Jesus songs. Do you? I think that would be a great format. Let's go to Christian music. All right, starting Monday. Here's Christian a, music one. on the Neil Rogers show. I think Very it's an excellent Christian idea. song. That, but the fundamentalists hate this, you know. Why was that? Hate this song and hate this movie. Because Jesus was not a painted clown. Jesus was serious. He did not have a sense of humor. Jesus is on serious? What time is that show on? Yeah, the Christians hate this. I don't know if you know. Rating. Did you like the song? Day by day? Yeah. Nah, not really. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I wouldn't like to puke my guts out when I heard it, but I wouldn't say I liked it. If I liked it, that means I probably would want to hear it again. Now, Oh Happy Day, which I never said anything about day by day. Oh Happy Day is the one I said I liked that a lot. Yeah. Would you kill that? That is the most depressing, morbid piece of crap. 1213 at 560 WQL. Lollipop, little boy. 
Everybody's going back to see Mel's movie now. Mel's hit movie about the crucifixion. Just get past the violence, the movies come back now. Families go see the crucifixion. All that he went through, it's only fair. Making this movie was Mel's costume fair. So come on, come on, watch the crucifixion with me. Oh, I can't wait. 1218 at 560 WQM. Happy Easter. Happy Pesach. Happy uh, all these uh, Farbissan holidays, man. Bunch of nonsense. And then the sad part of it is for, oh, there's the old Pope. He's a schlepper. Look at him. He's hovering over that thing. Wouldn't be the first time, I'm sure. The only thing we got for Pesach is that, and the bread is wonder, and... Have a season Pesach. Have a season Pesach. We love her so much. But anyway, she went. And what we also got, in case you missed it... Happy Purim. That's it, for the Jew holidays. And the bread is wonder. I guess I could play that. You know, it's in here twice under two different names. Did you ever know that? Yes, I did. Shame. I think there are two versions. No, they're not. All right. There were two versions. To buy bread that is unleavened. And she's buying bread at seven eleven. Wonder what that's all about, and the other one's called Passover Seven Eleven. To say it's the same bit. There's a lady in town, isn't it? She's it is the same bit, but um, they're different versions. Same person. No, it's the same bit. Okay. There's a lady in town. We used to have two versions by the same person. You know how Bob and Tom would have these people do it in the studio, yeah. live sometimes. We had that right. first, and then we had we the had nice uh, schmaltzy well, recording version. We don't have version. that no more. No. We don't get a lot of stuff for a long time. Of course, even if we did have it, we probably couldn't play it no more because we're in the Joyce era now, man. Everything we want to play, all the stuff that would make you laugh and pee in your pants and just, ah, <laughs> and tell everybody about, we can't play that no more. But nonetheless, we just continue plugging right along, okay, because Jesus loves us. Speaking of that, somebody sent this in, some good stuff. Keep the faxes coming, by the way, okay? Keep them faxes pouring in every day. Remember, once upon a time when I started doing this thing and taking almost no calls, and we get a zillion faxes all the time. Just like the one that's the guy that's in, we thank him profusely, or her, whoever it is, sending all the stories about the child molesting priests. WQAM, hello. Now that's Comcastic. The Eastern season unveiling an anatomically correct chocolate sculpture of Jesus Christ, dubbed My Sweet Lord by its creator, <laughs> has infuriated Catholics preparing to observe some of the holiest days of the year. How do you like that? Oh, my God. My Sweet Lord. Boy, there's diabetes. There's traps everywhere, even in the Easter season. And, of course, then Pesadiki candy. I love that song. With Me, too. There's another one. What's not to like? Nothing. Another song I love is George Harrison and um, Got My Mind Set on You. I used to play that a lot. Huh? He has a lot of good songs. He had. He has. He'd be dead. Had. Well, had I guess they're not his he anymore. He still has them. He right. still got them. He just can't sing them no more. That's all. Now, are you expecting me to talk this up when I can barely hear the damn instrumental bed in the beginning? I can do it. See? The six foot sculpture by Cas- Casimo Cavallara. That's enough. 
was to debut on Monday evening, four days before Christians marked the crucifixion of Jesus on Good Friday. The final day of the exhibit at the Lab Gallery inside Manhattan's Roger Smith Hotel was planned for Easter Sunday. How freaking sacrilegious, man. You're all going to burn in hell, man. going to be like a gigantic barbecue. A barbecue. This is one of the worst assaults on Christian sensibilities ever said. Oh, William Donahue, there he is again with his teeth clenched. He's angry. Yeah, he's always angry. Head of the Catholic League, a watchdog group. It's not just the ugliness of the portrayal, but the timing to choose Holy Week is astounding, he said. William Donahue, he's fired off and pissed up. And how, how's that go? Pissed up and fired off? Right. Pissed up and fired off. Right. The gallery's creative director, Matt Semler, said the lab and the hotel were overrun with angry telephone calls and emails. Overrun. The gallery was considering... I thought overrun with, like, mice and rats and roaches and stuff like that. But uh, overrun. The gallery was considering its options, he said. We're obviously surprised by the overwhelming response in the offense people have taken, said Semler, adding that the Holy Week timing was just a coinky dink. The artwork... And, you know, that's another thing, talking about Joyce. I've told you this before, and it's true. Jack Berry had a kid's show, I told you this before, named Winky Dink and You. And that was when I, I was a little kid, so it's got to be in the 50s. Maybe six, eight, it's definitely in the 50s. So it's 50 years ago. And if they try to put a show on now called Winky Dink, I guarantee you, man, that the FCC and a bunch of self-appointed getchkeys will be having a nervous breakdown, okay? They might be winking a little bit, but you can't say no Winky Dink no more. The artwork was created for more than 200 pounds of milk chocolate. And it features Christ with his arms outstretched. The Cavallaro creation does not include a loincloth. Oh, no. Oh, not a chocolate. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sure they got plenty of those in the NBA. A publicist for the gallery said the artist was not available for comment. Cavallaro, who was raised in Canada and Italy. Oh, see, it figures Canada. A lot of perverts here, baby. That's why I'm here is best known for his quirky work with food, and past efforts include repainting a Manhattan hotel room in melted mozzarella. Mmm. What are you doing up there? I'm eating the walls. Spraying five tons of pepper jack cheese on a Wyoming home and festooning a four-poster bed with 312 pounds of processed ham. Oh, there's nothing like having some serious meat in your bed, but that's not what I was thinking about. 312 pounds of processed ham. How do you like them apples, huh? This is like the guy. Remember the Pink uh, Islands? Who the hell was that guy? Oh, 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 Crisco. Christo. Chris, yeah, Crisco. Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crisco. He's oily. He's greasy. Yeah, Duff will tell you all about him. Yeah? Crisco. Yeah. yeah. The umbrellas that fell over and killed ago, people. That goes way, way back to the IOD. Yeah, days. boy, that's hard. And this is another one of these pseudo-intellectual guys, you know, this phony baloney, like Andy Warhol with the uh, Campbell soup can. You know, oh, that's really brilliant art, Neil. That's what art is really all about. You're just too much of a slob, uh, yeah, to understand it. Good. I don't want to understand that crap. Cover the islands out there by, uh, I forget which islands, you know, off the um, Venusian Causeway. Or, or yeah, they're off they're MacArthur about, the bay. Venetian? Well, wherever the hell they were. Covered them in pink plastic. Mm-hmm. Made me kind of spastic. Oh, and look at this. It's another work of art. And, look at, and of course, I forget how much it cost him to do that, you know. A people lot. are starving. There are people who are, like, eating out of garbage cans, out of Dempsey dumpsters. People eating poisoned cat food. And in the meantime, this schmeckle comes along, and his thing is he's going to decorate the islands with pink plastic. Wow. And, of course, when it's pink plastic, what does that tell you? 1,092 votes. Boy, they keep talking about this recalled pet food. They're making such a big sentence about that. If I was you, uh-oh, Peter's in the Going, and hundreds of officials are on the case. 
Meantime, PETA activists want the FDA to extend PETA. that recall. Some PETA. people now believe PETA. that PETA. dry food is what caused their animal's death. And so the question has to be asked, should PETA. dry foods be added to the recall list? PETA is calling for precautionary dry food recall until it can be chemically tested and its safety assured. I think all you dog lovers out there ought to cook up a nice sirloin steak is what you ought to do and feed that to your puppy. You, you eat the dog food and feed your dog a nice sirloin steak, maybe a little Chateaubriand, something like that. And you know what I never uh, knew before in my life, which this may come in handy for some of you people, you know what is very deadly to dogs and very bad for them? Chocolate. Onion. Well, chocolate, yes. Onions. Really? Well, we all knew chocolate is very bad. I didn't know about onions. onions. I didn't know that. So if you're going to cook up like some no. nice ground beef, put the onions in the portion that you're going to eat, but pass on the onions for your dog. Especially raw onions, really bad. I don't know why. You see what valuable know. stuff you learn on this show? There's that British uh, kid again. At the boy, they're holding him captive. I wouldn't mind holding him captive. I mean, he's you know for a Brit, so he's not maybe the greatest, the greatest looking guy in the world. But for a Brit, I think, hey, you look at that. There's a few Brits that look okay. I'd say maybe one out of every uh, five million. Must be in that food, that horrible food that they eat. Must be. That spotted and the toad and the that stuff. Friday, you bastard. First, it was a hit on MTV. Then, a number one movie. Now, it's coming to Broadway. It's Jackass, the musical, starring Johnny Knoxville. Well, hello, Johnny. Spread your cheeks. Johnny, it's so fun to punch you right there in the gooch. Right <laughs> yes, all those risky stunts have been combined with fabulous show tunes to create Jackass the Musical. Wow, the music, the dancing, the guy eating a yellow snow cone. It was better than cats. 76 dumb guys crashing golf cars. 76 Jackass the Musical, with all your favorite jackasses on stage, singing torch songs, then setting their hair on fire with them. I'm Steve-o, I'm Steve-o, I'm just freaking loco, I'm hurting myself today. The Great White Way has just turned black and blue, thanks to Jackass the Musical. Twelve thirty two of five sixty WQM. We have 1100 lick, man, 1103, which means 1200 easy today, Chris. No sweat at all. No pressure. I like that. I want no pressure going to the weekend. He's on the phone. He's on the phone? Yeah. Bookie. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. That's okay. You can do that. A lot, I mean, a lot of people talk to their bookie during their shows. That's exactly right. Some of them, uh, the host, every now and then talks to the bookie. On the show. <laughs> Remember that one day that uh, Hank had like uh, interrupt the show cool. and run to the other room and talk to his bookie on the cell phone? No. That was good. That was good stuff. I don't and make the, enough money to have a bookie though. If you're right about the square table and the uh, and all uh, all that other crap, then we ought to be like having billboards out. The coast is clear. You can listen to the Kenny and Bo Morning Show now. The square table is gone. <laughs> oh, people are going to be having big parties all weekend long to celebrate. Yo, I noticed it a couple days, and then I wasn't here yesterday, obviously, so I asked their intern today. Yes. And he's like, well, I don't know if it's gone or, you know, we've been kind of out on the road. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it's gone, basically. I mean, they haven't done it like three or four days. You better hope like hell it's gone. QAM, hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah, my name is Richard Gluckstead. I'm a long-time listener of your program. Yes. I'd like to invite you and your producer to my book signing at Books and Books on April the 4th at 6 p.m. Uh, the title of my book is Nobody's Perfect, a critique 
Hello? Hello what? Well, you think I'm going to leave him on? Oh, he got cut off somehow? He didn't get cut off. I hung up on him. What do you mean he got cut off somehow? My ass I was going to ask person? him if he was going to have refreshments there at the bookstore. Yeah, refresh my ass, okay? Get out of here. <laughs> Where do you if click? he's going to have refreshments. <laughs> what kind of a... You see what I mean about these people? That's a phone call. Richard Glickstein, yeah. Happy Pesach, dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> But he'll be at Books and Books, by the way, signing uh, oh, signing matzah. I guess you have to sign matzah with like a magic marker. See, that, that's another really pathetic thing about all the things that you people... Most of you people are going to be doing these next couple of weeks. Not a lot of you. Most of you are going to be doing I hope not. Not this heathen audience. I hope most of our people are too smart to get suckered into doing that crap. Just like on Ass Wednesday, smearing the ashes on the forehead like some kind of a freak. Like you woke up in a Dempsey dumpster or something. Christ Almighty, when are you people going to get with it? And why, you know, we got to eat matzah because we can't eat leavened bread. You ever put a hamburger on? How about a cheeseburger on matzah? That sounds really treat. Mm, matzah burger. And I, you know something? That might not be too bad. A little on the messy side. I don't know how the hell you eat that, baby, but a matzah burger. Mmm. Matzah Cristo. <laughs> 1104 on the pole. Oh, all the dumb things that people do. And why did they do it? Because their parents told them that and their parents before that. And because this is tradition. So is killing people is tradition, okay? Does that make it right? Does that make it mean that people with a brain do stuff like that? Oh, we can't eat regular bread and we have to drink a lot of wine and get oyster shaker. WQAM, hello. WQAM, hello. Yeah, can I talk to Neil, please? Speaking, please. Neil, how are you? This is Phil from Pembroke Pines. How's everything? Okay, sir. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Man. Let me turn my radio off. Turn that thing off, man. Smash it. Yeah, Get I, I, just wa- I just wanted to compliment you. Great show. Love your show. And I'm from India. Are you from India, man? Yes, sir. We've got a lot of people from India here in Toronto, man. I'll tell you that. Oh, I know. I think half your country is here. And by the way, quit uh, having them outsource all the jobs to your people. We're getting pretty PO'd about that. I know. I know. It's not his fault. Thanks, Neil. Okay, see you. Bye-bye. I didn't say it was his fault. Jesus, I'm just having a little fun with the guy, and you're getting all defensive now. What's Dot all about? Mm -hmm. Don't forget, everybody, nail a mezuzah to your cat's ass in time for Pesach. That's part of the ritual that we do. I just made that one up. Rabbi Neil. Rabbi Nachman. Baruch Adonai, all this other Chazarai. You know, it's just, it's, it's so pathetic. And when you've even had like a little taste of it, you know, when you've had a little bit of experience with it. I mean, like me, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in an, even a slightly religious family. They went on the high holidays, you know. The holidays when you get high, when you have to be high to uh, participate. Oh, yeah. That, that's what most Jews do, in my experience. I mean, of course, then there are the real extremists, the Orthodox, and the uber-Orthodox, and the real obnoxious Farbissengetskis, but nevertheless. See, to me, Judaism was never really much of a religion. It was more of like a, uh, you know, a, a culinary thing, a dietary club. Let's go get some blintzes. Oh, that's what I'm going to have for lunch. I'm going to go get me some blintzes. Mm. Some matzo ball soup and blintzes. Wouldn't that be a great way to celebrate Pesach? Yeah, sure. That sounds really good to me. No, I don't, that's, that's a bad idea. Maybe instead I'll have some kosher, some of that. Uh, see, maybe I'll get in the car and go to, uh, I'll, I'll rent a car and drive to Buffalo to Amherst and get that kosher for Pesach, Cold Stone Creamery ice cream. Get, it says certified kosher. The rabbi left his mark on it, okay? He left a stain on the uh, container. 
11.06 on that poll today. And how's the Godfather doing? Bringing up the rear. Only 20. Although the Godfather's going to pass my space. Maybe that's why we don't have, you know, we stuck at that 12.93 on there. Maybe all the people who were interested in MySpace, maybe we got them all now in this crowd. Maybe it's possible. I had three new requests this morning, but of course I've only got like 400 something as opposed to your, uh, you know, 7,000 or whatever. You had three new requests from what? From like real people? Friend requests. Well, I, let's not get crazy. People. I don't know how real they are. In other words, not people just trying to peddle a product and win some kind of a stupid iPhone or something like that. Two, two out of the three were real people. One was uh, what you just said. A oh. peddler. Peddling crap, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I... Can, and then when somebody, the guy this morning said, thanks for the ad. Mm-hmm. Back when we first started doing that thing and people would write, thanks for the ad, and I'd say, what? What does that mean? Thanks for the ad. Well, what does that mean? I mean, I know what it means, but it's just so... Just stopping by to say hi, and thanks for the ad, and thanks for the memories, and all these other stupid-ass cliches. It's just like the matzo man. It's the same thing. Well, speaking of matzo man, I haven't played that in years, you know. I played that other one. Probably a good reason I haven't played it, because it sucks. Mm -hmm. What do you think? As a new bro hustler round the disco hall, yes, there is. Body, water, body, shaped like a matzo ball. I think it's okay. I think it may be coming up very soon, as a matter of fact. Oh, it'll kill some time. It will kill two minutes and 24 seconds. Not that we're trying to kill time here. We are here to dazzle you and to entertain and to make your day almost survivable and livable in South Florida. That's what we're here to do. And also to get that paycheck. He's a matzo, matzo, matzo man. 
I will say this now, some Italian restaurants, they bring you like, I don't even know what the hell they call that, but it's like, I, I do know what they call but I can't think of it. When they bring you the bread, you know, before the meal, yeah. they bring you a basket with bread. And hey there, uh, Matzo Man, go look at your uh, profile pic on your space. On my space? On your space. Okay. Now, what does that have to do with what I was just saying? Nothing, oh, nothing. Lovely. It's more that is a beauty. Wow, the odd father. Nice job, Miguel, with the cat and everything. Oh, no, with a kitty cat. That's, That's the closest like you've ever been to one of those, literally and figuratively. Now, what I was I just saying about the Italian restaurants? Where I don't know, like, uh, that kind of, what do they call that? It is very much like matzo. It's, it's like, um, a, almost like crackers. You never saw Yeah, that? sure I have. Well, what do they call that? I don't know. Matzo. No, it's not matzo, man. It's not matzo. It's for goyim. It's matzo for goyim. Matzo, my ass. When state voters agreed to let the slots roll in South Florida, they were promised that taxes raised from the machines would go to benefit education. That reminds me of ours Woodbine Saturday. I sure don't want to give back that money I won on Wednesday. Maybe I'll play Nichols. During the heated fall 2004 campaign, proponents vowed that hundreds of millions of dollars would flow into the state's public school system if casinos were allowed in Broward and Dave. Similar to the sales pitch made to win support for the Florida Lottery in the 80s, expectations were that the money would be set aside for specific improvements in education. Now that Vegas-style slots have been operating in Broward for several months, Florida legislators have begun the debate over how to spend the tax revenue they generate, and local lawmakers aren't real happy about these solutions being proposed. Big bucks are involved. The state estimates more than $50 million in taxes will come from Broward slots in the budget year that starts July 1. By 2010, the sum could top $300 million. The state center wants to put that money into programs aimed at helping college students. The house wants to fund one of the state's public school operating fund without specific instructions on what it should pay for. Broward legislators say neither option was the reason their constituents supported expanded gaming. One of their concerns is that the slots money might be used not to actually increase school funding, but to replace other sources of state revenue that now fund public education. Only in Florida, baby, it's always the same crap. They give you a song and a dance, and they just can't do it the right way. They always tell you one thing. It's the old bait and swish, baby. If you're governor, Yay. bait and swish. Representative Jack Sider, Democrat of Wilton Manor, is speaking of that. The lead Democrat on budget issues in the House said voters were promised the money would go specifically to enhance education and should be told exactly how the money is benefiting schools. When you promote constitutional amendments and you make representations, we owe it to the people to follow through, Siler said. Oh, when did that start in Florida? Senate budget writers have proposed using the new resource of revenue source to fund prepaid tuition scholarships so disadvantaged children can attend state universities and community colleges. The proposal from Senator Steve Wise, Republican of Jacksonville, chairman of the Senate K-12 Budget Committee, calls for $20 million in slots revenue to be put in a special fund each year with interest from the money being used to finance the scholarships. Our objective is to provide the best education we can for all kids, Wise said. Senator Evelyn Lynn, Republican of Ormond Beach, chairwoman of the Senate's Higher uh, Education Appropriation Co uh, Committee, wants to put some of the slots money into bright future scholarships so that tuition costs for the regular year as well as summer school will be paid. 
Bada beep, bada boop, bada bop. The House plan would plow all the revenue generated by slots into the operating fund for schools, but school districts would have the flexibility to use the extra dollars any way they want, according to Representative Curtis Richardson of Tallahassee, a member of the House Education Budget Committee and a former Leon County School Board member. Some worry that voters will equate the promise to use slots money for education improvement with promises made when selling the state lottery. Lottery dollars at first were put into education, but soon supplanted other funds allocated to public schools with little extra money actually going to education. Nowadays, however, much of the lottery money is used for pre-kindergarten classes and to pay for bright future scholarships. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop, and a beep goes on. You know, the old, like I said, bacon switch. It's Florida, man. It's the Florida effing way. There's the right way to do it, and then there's the Florida way to do it. Not slow, not fast, strictly half-assed. Pathetic. 1,120 votes on the poll. Like I told Chris, we're going to make 1,200 today on a Friday. Not bad. Not too shabby. That means we got maybe 1,200 people voting, unless, of course, they're voting three, four times apiece, which means we got at least three, 400 people listening, right? Right. Correct. <laughs> do the math, as they say, Ooh. whoever they are. Well, I can't do the math. If I knew so. who they were, man, I'd blow their brains out if I could find out where they are. Probably sitting on them. 1124, I enjoy Neil most when he gets blank intensive. Politics, 391. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, March of 2007. Just calm down. Although it's almost April, baby. Can you believe it? I believe it. Time flies. That's as the crow flies. Time flies. Fairies fly. Everybody's flying. I'm flying away pretty soon. And uh, you're not. I think you ought to go to North Carolina and take care of that house. Ought to yeah, take Ma- yeah. I ought to take Mama Seat up North North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Leave her there. Leave her there like, you know, remember that wood chipping scene in Fargo? Well, there are a lot of cliffs up there in the mountain. Remember yeah. that wood chipping scene? Yes, I do. I enjoy it most when Neil gets station management intensive 156. If we had any, I could talk about him. We ain't got anybody worth talking about. I hate this poll, 76.2%. I enjoy it most when Neil gets sex intensive, 62. But what about on the show? I'm always sex intensive. Heavy, heavy intensive. Ratings intensive, 60. Food intensive, 58. Hockey intensive, 45. Well, what is that all about? I mean, granted, it's only 4%. But what the hell is that all about? Are they saying that to, like, suck up or something? I mean, what, what is the reason for that? You know that's not true. Better. Haberlake pumps it back to the blue line. Now it is Pataglia rolling it in with eight seconds left. Haberlake back in his own zone. Off to Carlo Koliakovo. To center. No matter how many times they show this, at least they're going to lose in overtime 3-2. to two. They couldn't afford to lose that game in Atlanta last night. They did. Playoffs, unlikely. Panthers, playoffs, no chance. Yeah, but they've been winning lately. No chance. 1,124 votes. I enjoy most when Neil gets hockey-intensive 45. You should live so long. MySpace intensive only 24, and The Godfather is going to pass MySpace like it was standing still 21. That is really lovely, Neil The Godfather. For anybody that, and now is that right above the dog? That dog, yeah, it's not too far above the dog doing its uh, trick. You know, something maybe somebody taught the dog to do that trick. What do you think? I I don't know. That looks like a self-taught trick to me. Does it really? Well, he was frustrated. You can relate to it. Well, did anybody teach you? No. Well then, I wish they would have. I mean, if if we can figure it out, then certainly a dog can. Certainly a little a little dog. You know, he was uh, frustrated, and he he figured he'd give himself a helping paw. You've heard that expression, lend somebody a helping paw? Sure. So we got 11.30 on the pool. Life is good. <laughs> five six seven oh five sixty. I'm just I'm just tempted, you know, this last hour of the week. 
to delve into it just a little bit. Not, I don't want to stick my toe in there too far because it might get wet, you know? Mm-hmm. Just stick your toe in there a little bit. You know, I might get some disease. We'll see. Once the delay catches up, we'll see if there's going to be any action or not. I'll, I'll bite. Just a little teeny tiny bit. Maybe not. Although, here's line one, though. Mm-hmm. I heard you curl your lips around your teeth. I beg your pardon? I said, how's it going, eh? Five six seven oh five sixty. Last chance, because in the last hour, I'll just go through my uh, huge pile here. Want to give him a golden opportunity to get in here and share with us all of Britain. Like the guy that called about the uh, American Idol and dancing with the stars. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes. How you doing? Okay. How you doing in Windsor? What? How you doing in the harness horses? How you doing at Windsor? Do you know where Windsor is? Windsor is like across the border from Detroit. How am I doing at Windsor? The harness horses. Yeah, that's another one. When he gets harness racing intensive, we should probably have put that on there, but don't. Don't do it. WQAM, hello. We hate when you talk about my face. <laughs> WQAM, hello. Like I said, I stuck my toe in there just a little teeny tiny bit, and then all of a sudden maybe there was like a gator in the pool, you know? I got chomped on. I didn't see, actually, the winning goal in this game last night for Atlanta. I don't think I want to. I think I'll take the break because I'll probably puke my guts out. I'm sure you were, like, tuned in. Okay, broken up there by Steen. It'll remain in the zone with Stajan getting it free. Now Steen. Now, you do realize that there's a hockey team, the Florida Panthers, in South Florida. And, of course, everybody asked that one musical question that nobody can figure out the answer to. Why? This is Arnold. This is not a tumor. It's the one for two hour. Beef and Bears, Porthole, Radio, Vibe, The two listeners in our audience will be excited to hear the new comma, com, com, comma, 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 Comedy. Is that comedy bit? Well, it's not sports-related, which could be the situation. Oh, no, it's sports-related, all right. And that's what makes it funical. Uh, fun, uh, fun. Uh, funny? Yeah, funny for us to giggle. <laughs> okay, here it is, gentlemen. Both of you out there. I can get this electronic device to work. I make sounds with my mouth. 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 I'm making 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 a sound with my mouth. I'm making a sound. I'm making a sound with my mouth. 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 I'm making a sound with my mouth
WQAM. So the uh, so that's just a rumor. Now, who did you talk to about whether or not they were going to have a square round uh, oblong table? Well, I asked their intern because I figured he's been there every day this week, and maybe they did it at a different time. But I mean, you should know they usually did it around the eight o'clock break. Yeah. And they haven't done it these last couple of weeks. This last week. Yeah. So either they were listening to you. Or the fact that they're only getting one caller instead of the two that they need for the round table, they gave it up. Did he just answer my question, or he just give me a bunch of numbers? I don't know. I told you, I, I talked to their intern, Eric. And, he and what said, did he say? He said they have not had it this week, but he didn't know if it's because they were like, you know, they went to the ball game yesterday and stuff like yeah. that, or if they just weren't doing it anymore. But well, I guess we'll I mean, have to tune in five days in a row out. without doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be glued to the radio Monday morning, baby. I'm going to be sitting here like on the edge of my seat waiting to see if we got the square table, the oblong, the rectangular, the hexagonal, whatever we got. The pup tent. You think it's going to yeah. make any difference? That sounds like a good no. idea, though, the pup tent. Yeah. Who's in the pup pitching tent today? I think a lot of people are pitching a fit about that show. I could be wrong about that. I said something about pitching a tent. But I think many people are pitching a fit, but I could be definitely wrong. Don't get me started now. You're the, you're the uh, bad influence. I know. The Pacific Justice Institute is continuing to challenge Seattle-Washington Mayor Greg Nichols for issuing an executive order recognizing same-sex marriages from other jurisdictions for the purpose of providing employee benefits that was announced uh, today, which was uh, yesterday. The legal organization is also criticizing him for supporting legalization of same-sex marriages in Washington and for taking both actions despite the state lawmakers passing a Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA, which limits marriage to one man and one woman. A lawsuit against the mayor for defying DOMA is continuing. Mayor Nichols signed the executive order March 8, 2004. In a press release at the time, he noted that if he and his wife were to buy a house or visit a family member in the hospital, absolutely nobody challenges us about the legitimacy of our marital status. He said for gay and lesbian couples to be offered the same rights was a matter of fairness. Mayor Nichols also on July 26, 2004, in a press release, criticized the Washington State Supreme Court for upholding DOMA. He said the court failed in its chance to tear down another wall of inequity and prejudice that has long stained our, strained our society to allow for homosexual marriage. The Pacific Justice Institute, PJI, saw legalizing against the mayor, according to a press release, to stop defying the state DOMA law. The lawsuit was delayed while Washington State Supreme Court considered the constitutionality of the law, but now that the court has declared the law constitutional, the case against the mayor is proceeding. Kevin Snyder, chief counsel for the Sacramento-based PGI, criticized the mayor for his support of homosexual marriage. He said Mayor Nichols' motives are clear, clear, clear. He said the real purpose of his executive order was not only to allow the government benefits for same-sex couples in Seattle, but was to change state marriage laws. Snyder said in a press release that the mayor's comments when signing the executive order seemed to be an inappropriate statement if you're merely talking about employee benefits. Snyder said the mayor's actions could have a ripple effect on other civic leaders around the country, and that's why a stand must be taken. Stand by your man. Isn't that what Tammy Wynette said? Stand by your man. Oh, that's bad. Snyder said if the mayor's actions in support of homosexual marriage and against the state DOMA law continue, this would give other local agencies the gumption to try to overturn their own state marriage laws by going around it through these employee benefits. The gumption. Now, is that a word that you use very often? Gumption? Just this morning. Gumption. According to the official position of the PGI, the mayor's actions are another example of the lengths that radical advocates of same-sex marriage are willing to go to advance their agenda. It's that homosexual agenda, baby. It's really gay. Yeah. Snyder recalled that a Michigan court rejected similar actions by homosexual marriage supporters. 
bada beep, bada boop, bada bop. And the beat goes on. 11.44 on the full. I told you we'd make 1,200 tonight without any problem at all. No sweat. Mad Dog coming up at 2. We got any ball games? We got the Panthers and the Capitals tonight at the Macarena. Boy, that should be one hell of a game. Must win. And the Panthers play the Capitals again on Sunday. Wow. I'm getting all kinds of reports about how they have these desperate people that keep going around in the Macarena. Uh, we're here to try to get you to renew your season tickets. Is there any way we can do it? I mean, if we offer you like a bunch of free balloons and stuff like that. And cut, give you like 10% off on the overpriced crappy food, things like that. Is there any way you'll uh, no. renew those season tickets? <clears throat> not going to make the uh, playoffs again, but nevertheless, giving it a hell of a shot. Giving it a run. The world's biggest manufacturer of household grooming and grooming products voiced hopes this week that an urban distributor from a rival company who had left voicemail messages just alleging that part of Parker Gamble's profits went to devil-worshipping cults. Did that make sense to you? What? Voiced hopes yesterday that an urban distributor from a rival company would left voicemail messages alleging that part of Parker and Gamble's profits went to devil-worshipping cults. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's there was that Never old uh, rumor that Parker and Gamble, because of their symbol, was in league with the devil. Remember, well, they had they? the crescent and a whole bunch of aren't stars. They? Is it everybody? With Lucifer, baby. Lucifer. <laughs> P&G, which owns brands such as Pampers, Gillette, Head & Shoulders, and Ariel has long been in despair over the stubborn refusal of such claims to go away. Since the rumors first appeared in 1981, the corporation has had to battle boycotts from Christian groups. In other words, crazy people <laughs> cope with more than 200,000 telephone inquiries from customers and fight the ability of word of mouth and latterly the Internet to disseminate them. The origins of this accusation are apparently based on a passage from the book of Revelation in the Bible stating, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve, crown of 12 stars. P&G's logo used to consist of a bearded and twin-horned man in the moon surrounded by 13 stars. Oh, my God. Exactly. Claims that this represented a deliberate mockery of the heavenly symbol were fueled by others, suggesting that a mirror image of the mark of the beast, the number 666, could be seen inside the logo, maybe on your pampers. I guess it depends, huh? The corporation denied this, pointing out that the stars were intended as a tribute to America's 13 original states and that the 666 pattern emerged only if an arbitrary game of Connect the Dots was played. Oh, I play Dot all the time, don't you? Sure. Connect the Dots. You get 666 all the time. P&G eventually abandoned the old logo on everything except some of its buildings, but not before a new and even more virulent version of the urban myth emerged. This alleged that the corporation's president appeared on the Phil Donahue March 1st, 1994, to confirm that a large portion of his profits went to support the Church of Satan. Oh, my God. All right. It went on to quote the P&G executive boasting to Mr. Donahue that this would not hurt business because there are not enough Christians in the U.S. to make a difference. There have been repeated denials from Procter & Gamble and TV companies that anybody from the corporation had appeared on such a show making such an extraordinary statement. But in April 95, Randy Hogan a dealer for Amway Corporation, which sells similar household merchandise, placed an audio message on the company's voicemail system repeating this allegation and urged listeners to boycott 43 listed Procter & Gamble products. P&G accused three other Amway distributors of forwarding the message, including Stephen Bybee. How's it going, Bybee? Who told the court that there was no malicious intent. My goal when I sent the rumor down was to fight the Church of Satan, he said. You go, baby, Bybee. Terry Loftus, a P&G spokesman, said yesterday that the corporation had spent large sums of money defending its reputation from false allegations that had led to an unquantifiable loss of business. 
The rumor will probably never go away completely, but the number of calls we get on have fallen off significantly after we start taking legal action, he added. Amway, which has defended itself against direct legal action, promised to tell its former distributors if they seek to appeal against the court ruling. Kate Macled, spokeswoman for Adicor, Amway's parent company, said that despite the four men making public apologies, P&G has spent 12 years destroying their lives. She added, Procter & Gamble is a $68 billion company. What they got out of this case is what they could earn in about two and a half hours, and we think that is shameful, she said. It must be true. The Internet said so. Oh, these are, these are other similar things. Marlboro cigarette packs contain references to the Ku Klux Klan. Three Ks appear on the packaging, and the horse's legs in the Philip Morris crest outline white Klan hoods. <laughs> the occult symbol of the horned owl is visible in the center of the GA2005 logo. The white space within the logo forms the head and body of the owl, and the horns are marked in white either side of the thistle flower. Oh, these are important things to know. Would you listen to these carefully now? An apple with a bite taken out of it may seem an innocuous logo, but the occultists uh, think the apple logo represents the biblical fruit and symbolizes the path to self-divinity achieved through knowledge. The AOL logo can be viewed as a stylized, all-seeing eye, a Masonic symbol. Other devices that depict this image are logos of the UN, Starbucks, and Adobe Photoshop, and the American dollar bill. The dollar bill also shows another Masonic symbol, the pyramid. However, the U.S. government claims that these illustrations represent the work of nation-building, the unfinished pyramid, and the divine eye of providence. On close examination, a naked man with an erect penis can be seen in the camel cigarette logo. And the figures 666 are visible within the World Economic Forum logo. All of these things, baby, it's all the work of the devil. He's, he works in a mysterious way, just like the Lord, man. Now, if the Lord was all pissed off at the devil, wouldn't you think he would, like, smite him, smote him? Oh, yeah. Smoke him? If you got him. You got those camels, man. James Cameron presents Jesus Christ in My One Son. Starring Jesus Christ, Mary Magdalene, Judah, and Pontius Pilate as Uncle Charlie. James Cameron presents Leave It to Judah. Starring Hugh Beaumont as Jesus. Barbara Billingsley as Mary Magdalene. And Jerry Mathers as the Judah. Do you ever wish that your family and friends knew their Bible verses better? Well, I have the answer to your prayers. From the makers of You Sank My Martyr comes a game the whole family can enjoy. Crucifixion! Crucifixion is not just fun to play, but it forces everyone to know their Bible. And it's easy to play. First, someone picks a word or phrase from the Bible, and the rest of the group takes turns trying to spell it. But be careful. If you pick a wrong letter, your little Jesus doll gets nailed. Um, I'll take a guess. Um, how about a K? Nope. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus. After three nails and one spear to the chest, everyone loses. But don't worry. In three days, you can play again. So run down to your local Crucifixion toy store and grab up your very own copy of Crucifixion. Why not play tonight? Comes with a small Jesus doll, nails, and a tiny spear. Fake blood, wooden cross, and hammer not included. Crucifixion, a product of Trinity Brothers. All right. It's that time of the year, baby. We get all the guest keys all the time. You got your Easter and your Pesach and your matzahs and your wine and your Easter eggs and those uh, great little... What the hell is the, uh, the, those candies? Little uh, Easter eggs? What? Well, well, I mean, Easter candy is just all over the place, They have egg-shaped right? uh, malted milk balls with like a candy. Ooh, bowl, I like those. Really good. Yeah, those are good. I see you're starting in again. i got to stop this stuff. You brought it up. I brought up what? Candy. No, I did not. I said they got a lot of Easter candy, and then you brought up malted milk uh -huh. balls. 
11.57 on the poll, by the way. We got 42 minutes for 43 votes. Man, if we can't do that, we might as well close up shop. Might as well shut this baby down. We can't do 43 minutes and 42, uh, whatever the hell it is. See, I picked a pretty good number. I think we're going to be right around that 1,200 mark. Might not make it. We need 41 votes in 42 minutes. What do you think, Chris? We got it nailed. Then that was bad, see? The Goyim are going to be very upset. You don't, at Easter time, you don't say we got a nail. That's, that's a bad choice of words. Well, I am a Goyim, so it's okay. No, you're not. You, are you, aren't you a heathen? You believe in that crap? Well, I'm Roman Catholic by birth. I mean, you're Roman, Roman Catholic by birth? Mm-hmm. He's got whatever Roman he is. Roman by Catholic. By baptism. Huh? And? Oh, so in other words, you took a bath. Well, that's good. That whole thing. I mean, you, you can get me started on any one of those uh, aspects of all that nonsense. Dunking the, into the water. Oh, we're, yeah, so big deal. Go swimming in Lake Ontario, okay? It ought to be up to about 14 degrees by now. Go take a, go take a hike and stick your uh, head in there. Stick your toe in there. Oh, look at that. CNN's got a thing. What is a Christian? <laughs> I can answer that without, without watching that show. That, that's the answer to the question. So, all right, so we actually go to church? I haven't been to church in a couple of years. And why is that? Are you a fallen Catholic? Is that it? Have you fallen? Sure. No, I just don't, I just don't, don't totally believe in the whole what's being preached, who's preaching it, and everything. So Yeah. I chose not to go. What do you mean, who's preaching? What does that mean? That uh, some guy who's probably not as holy as he tries to come off as is. Some guy is who's telling probably me a how to be with a dress on and a frock. Exactly. Like tire, like fryer tuck. I almost said tire or something. <laughs> yeah, fire truck. <laughs> tire tuck. Yeah. Tuck it in now. Otherwise, Father O'Toole might get nervous. So, in other words, you finally caught on. Is that what you're trying to say? You're finally getting wise and getting away from all that crap, all the baloney, all the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, baby. 1161 on that poll, man. We need 39 votes for greatness at 1,200. Climate change, coastal megacities in for a bumpy ride. Boy, it's a good thing I'm not living on no coast. You are. Yeah. About 643 million people or one-tenth of the world's population who live in low-lying coastal areas are at great risk. Great risk, not just risk, but great risk. Of oceans-related impacts of climate change, according to a global research study to be released next month. The study by researchers at Columbia University Center for International Earth Sciences Information Network and London-based International Institute for Environment and Development is the first of its kind. The researchers identified populations, especially urban populations, at greater risk from rising sea levels and more intense storms due to climate change. Of the more than 180 countries with populations in the low-elevation coastal zone, 130 of them, about 70%, had their largest urban area extending into that zone, said Bridget Anderson, research associate. Furthermore, the world's largest cities, those with more than 5 million residents, have on average a fifth of their population and one-sixth of their land area within this coastal zone. The study, which will be published in the peer-reviewed journal Environment and Urbanization, assesses the rest of populations in urban settlements along coastal areas that are less than 10 meters above sea level, referred to as the low-elevation coastal zone. Like South Florida, for example. 10 meters is what, like 30 feet? Okay. Their boots, yeah. Although globally, this zone accounts for only 2% of the world's land area, contains 10% of the world's population, and 13% of the world's urban population, the study found. The 10 countries with the largest number of people living in this vulnerable, low-elevation zone include, in descending order, China, India, Bangladesh, 
Vietnam, Indonesia, Japan, Egypt, the USA, Thailand, and the Philippines. Cities such as Dhaka, Shanghai, and Mumbai are some of the most susceptible to coastal climate-related hazards such as floods, storms, and cyclones. And the rapid urbanization occurring in these cities, especially in China, which has growing special economic zones along its coast, will continue to attract more and more people. On average, coastal cities are growing 20% faster than any other cities in the world, and they have 10 to 15% higher densities than other cities. Of the 20 megacities in the world, 15 of them are coastal. The study found that 75% of the people living in a vulnerable low-elevation zone and two-thirds of the world's urban population are in Asia. The study found that 14% of the population of the least developed countries live in the LECZ, compared to only 10% in wealthier countries. 21% of the urban populations in least developed countries live in this zone. In richer countries being belonging to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, this number drops to 11%. And it goes on with this number and that number, a million numbers, okay? The study makes it clear that sea levels are not expected to rise anywhere near the 10 meters of the low elevation zone. Although small island states have the largest share of land in the low elevation zone and would therefore be most likely to be affected by sea-related hazards, they tend to have far less of their population living in the zone. You call up Dr. Barry Sears, okay, and tell him you want to find out about the zone. There's Rob Marciano. Let's, see if we put this thing in Let's take a look at his zone, okay, see what Rob's got in his zone. Lots to spin. You see some purples earlier. Good news is it does look like it's weakening just a little. So he's not interested in mine. He'd rather hang on to his zone. That's kind of it's, it's a rough indication of what we would see just on reflectivity of what we would see of a hook. What did he say? Did you hear that word he said? No. What word did he say? He was trying to say. What word did you say? He tried to play say reflectivity, but I don't think it came out like that. There was a couple of letters like that. Hey, listen, we don't want to go into it. You know, we'll get joist again. I don't know what it is, but I'm getting. I'm, I'm starting to get to that point where I keep thinking about her all the time now. Really, in the shower? No, I, I mean during the show, not in the shower. My oh. God, and during the show. Listen to me. You know, I, I keep thinking about all these things that we can't play anymore. We can, however, play that. That sour note. Is it done or leave? Oh, I don't think we can say that. Well, we can't. We just did. 1169 in the pool. We need, uh-oh, Swiss drug maker Novartis AG to stop selling a drug that relieves constipation. Uh-oh, that's not good. Oh, my God. Good thing my mother ain't around to hear about that. Wow, she'd be really upset. ...of women with irritable bowel syndrome and constipation. Again, uh, the company that owns Zelnorm is going to be taking it off store shelves according to the FDA's request because uh, the FDA has linked it with a higher chance of heart attacks. Oh, lovely. Okay, there you go. Well, what's wrong with that, you know? Because if you squeeze hard enough, you can have a heart attack anywhere like Elvis. He was probably, as they say, they like to say in those manuals, straining at stool. Have you ever, have you ever seen that term? No. What does it mean? Straining at stool. It means uh, squeezing for good reason is like what it means. Like when the stool's out of reach. Squeezing for reach good for reason, but there ain't very much pleasing. That is what that means. Well, there's another example of why there's no God. And, of course, people would say, the religious crowd would say, Oh, well, that's uh, not God's way. That's uh, If people would eat the right enough fiber, yeah. Of course, there's a lot of fiber in apples, too. Then how come he didn't want them eating the fruit on the tree? That's a lot of fiber in that good stuff there. Maybe Eve wouldn't have been so constipated. I enjoy it most when Neil gets blank intensive. 1,169 votes. We got to the 1,200 lick. You're right. See, I picked a good number. I picked the magic number. Did I not? I said yes, you did. Yes, you did. Politics 409. That's okay. You can kissy-kissy. That's all right. Politics 409. Religion 246. We, did, we need to do a lot more anti-religion shows in spite of what Clarence is telling you, okay? If we can have uh, Chris come on here and testify how he was molested as a child. 
or how he wishes he was molested as a child. Isn't that what it is? Depends by who. By the family priest. Uh, by the father. Station management, 161. I hate this poll, 71, and even Steven, 6%. I enjoy most when Neil gets sex-intensive, 64. Mm. Just wait till this weekend, baby. I'm thinking about it right now, as a matter of fact. That doesn't mean anything's necessarily going to happen, but I'm thinking about it. That's a good start, isn't it? Sure, why not? Rating 60, 62, food 61. I'm thinking about that, too, and that's not good. Those cheese bunches and matzo ball soup sounds, <clears throat> to me, you know, sounds yummy. Hockey 46, MySpace 26, and Godfather, they're both bottom feeders. Men are like catfish. They're swimming at the bottom. The Godfather only painted trace. The I got to a spot. Faked you out, though, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Did sure. you move? Did you move a little bit? No. He doesn't move. Oh. You should see, man. Hey, <laughs> oh. you bastard. Are you ready for some football? Then tune in to ESPN Gay. And he hits the hole right after Jesse opens it up. Oh, yeah. ESPN Gay. I like to pack that guy around, too. Cowboys, Bears, Vikings, Packers. You'll get them all on ESPN Gay. He's going to fire into his guy right here. Feel the sweat. You push, you push, you push. Smell the passion. He just rode him backwards. You put him right on his back. This ain't some makeover show on Bravo. It's the NFL on ESPN Gay. And then everyone's kind of slopping around down there and grunting and groaning and, you know, you get mud and stuff flying and gang tackles and scrums and quagmires. ESPN Gay, where there's never a wardrobe malfunction. I don't know where that one came from. Sundays will never be the same. That looked like it, it was the last shot out of the Roman candle. Call your cable operator now and demand the ESPN game. Look at that big old thing. Yeah. Whoa, what a meal those guys are having. look good. ESPN game. Now that's a mouthful. Oh, yeah. It looks succulent to me. It's 133 at 560 WQM Mad Dog at 2. And then the Power Hour and then Hank at Gulfstream and then the Panthers and the Capitals with Gildy. <laughs> Egged on by a 17-year-old, two 10-year-old boys joined in the attack of a Florida homeless man, leaving him bruised and bloody, police said. Two 10-year-old boys, Zion America, man. They ought to be put on the NBC Evening News tonight and put side by each in each other's lap and fried in Old Smoky, you know, Old Sparky, don't you think? Absolutely. Fire that baby up. The incident highlights an upswing in violent crime across the U.S. against the homeless peoples. In 2006, there were 142 attacks and 20 murders, several involving teenagers seeking a vicious thrill. Oh, and guess what movie I saw last night again? I give up. Hostel. Really? You never saw that? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I was hostile that I paid money to see it. You didn't like that? Nope. Do you see it, Chris? Not yet. Well, what do you mean, not yet? How old is that movie? Couple last months. year? A couple years. Year and a half. You didn't like Hostel? No. Sorry. How could anybody not like that movie? I mean, there's certainly enough blood and gore and violence. Eventually. Yeah, it's a little bit slow, but then once it gets going, man, they got all the... I love all the chainsaws and all the all yeah. the instruments. Well, by the time it got going, I'd already checked out mentally. And then, of course, that guy who's uh, you know the the guy who's in there uh, hunting uh, you know paid paid for now. What was he going for? He oh, found I a card there, and it was yeah. the, the, the amount you paid depended on the victim. On what, what right, the, you wanted a, uh, an American, like a domestic. Uh, there were different right. prices. And th this was supposed to be in where? Slovakia. Oh, yes, Slovakia. that's what 
And they were upset about that. Oh, you're painting us in a negative light. It's like nobody gives a crap about you people. Who the hell wants to go to Slovakia anyway, right? I mean, Prague is in the Czech Republic. Nobody with their brain is going to go to Slovakia. Anyway, this uh, in 2006, I just read that. Tuesday's incident, which took place in Daytona Beach, may make history, said the nonprofit's acting executive director, Michael Stoops, of the National Coalition for the Homeless. Michael Stoops. If we're talking about 10-year-olds, that means we've hit an all-time low, said Stoops. The youngest person who's ever been arrested for a crime like this is 13. How about when 5-year-olds start killing homeless people? How's that going to be? That'll be the American effing way. Daytona Police Sergeant Billy Walden said the teen and two boys were walking in their neighborhood around 9 p.m. when they saw 58-year-old John D'Amico. They began throwing rocks at the homeless man. The 17-year-old, Jeremy Woods, punched D'Amico, who then fell over a concrete wall. As he lay on the ground... One of the 10-year-olds, whose names are not being released, used parts of the concrete to, ma- to bash D'Amico in the head. D'Amico's eye was severely damaged in the attack. Woods and the two boys were charged with felony aggravated battery and being held at, uh, without bond at Juvenile Detention Center in Daytona Beach. The Volusia County State Attorney's Orifice received paperwork on the case late yesterday. They'll make a decision about whether to pursue adult charges. Whether to pursue adult charges, my ass. Are you people crazy? You have to, like, take it to a committee? My God! The three boys made their first court appearance Wednesday wearing ankle shackles and handcuffs and white jail jumpsuits too big for the two tiny uh, ten-year-old frames. Judge Peter Marshall assigned them public defenders and sat them all in the center square. Peter Marshall, my ass. Violence against the homeless occurred in cities and suburbs throughout the U.S. last year, but Florida led the pack with at least six such crimes in 2006. You know, sexually transmitted diseases, uh, all sorts of horrible things. Florida leads the pack. I bet you got that, too. Leader of the pack. Who did that? Shangri-Las. The Shangri-Las. Very good. Leader of the pack. Talk about a morbid, depressing song. My God. Enough to make you want to blow your brains out. Have you got that? Looking. Leader of the pack. One of those cases has garnered international attention. Is expected to go to trial this fall after a surveillance camera captured two teenagers beating a homeless man with bats in Fort Lauderdale on January... Oh, there she is. Sorry. Oh, slow. There it is. Last year. Anyway. Well, What? Oh, I thought you wanted to read that story. No, well, I will eventually. Just relax. There's no big no rush here. No big fat rush. Hop a couple more, Rush. At the candy store. Oh, terrible. Wait, wait a minute. Yes, we see. Yeah, we see. Yeah, we Down, 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 yeah, okay. yeah. Prosecutors say 17-year-old skateboarder Tom Doherty, 18-year-old Brian Hooks, a popular hockey team captain, and an unseen teen, Billy Ammons, a high school dropout, assaulted two more homeless men that night, January 12th of last year. One of them was 45-year-old Norris Gaynor, a witness Anthony Clark told police in CNN last year that he saw the three teens approach Gaynor as he slept on a park bench. Doherty began whacking Gaynor with a bat, Clark said. The Daytona Beach area was the scene of another high-profile attack in which four teenagers confessed to beating 53-year-old Michael Roberts to death in the suburb of Holly Hill in May of 2005. The teens, one as young as 14, pummeled Roberts with sticks and logs, fracturing the homeless man's skull and breaking his ribs. All four pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder and are serving separate sentences ranging from 35 years in prison to 22 years and sentenced to probation for life. Florida lawmakers met Tuesday with advocates to work on a bill that would provide more protection for the homeless and provide local communities with assistance funding for homeless prevention. One of the things that they could do that would make a lot of sense is take Sean Canoni and put him away. 
and get all those getchkeys off the uh, street corners there. That's what turns people against the homeless and stuff like that. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? What are you saying? Creates a very negative environment for the homeless. Let's see. Is that chocolate Jesus hollow chocolate with candy eyes or a solid chocolate Jesus with nuts? Isn't that cute? And signed Peter Rabbit. Right. Yeah, what's the bunny got to do with Easter, too? See, I'm very confused about all these holidays. I just I just don't want to do my homework. And, you know, even though I'm See, sitting you, here... You I'm asked that before, but I know you don't listen when I ask No, I, I asked you about the Easter egg. No, before, not, not before bunny. today. Before today. Well, uh, well but listen... They're all fertility a... symbols. The rabbit, the eggs, they're fertility, pagan fertility symbols. Fertility symbols, symbols like they're banging like a rabbit? Is that what you're saying? Right. Is that what they're saying? have nothing to do with Catholicism. like a bunch of rabbits? Is that what you're saying? Fertility, my ass. The Christians, the Catholics, superimpose their own holidays over the tops of the pagan holidays so that you couldn't be two places at once. Really? Really. Want to bet? All right. 1187 on the pool. We need 13 votes in 20 minutes, and there's Tony Blair. Regime, keep doing this. I mean, keep all doing it does this. is... Oh, man. You talk, it's a damn uh, unfortunate thing for him that they, they're going to take that constipation drug off their shelves. Man. Because the Brits, if there's one thing they need... All right. Forty-six, fourteen, go to the Virgin Mary, man. She was the one. I knew somebody had to be. Eleven ninety-nine. We got one more, uh, one more opening there, and then we'll have twelve hundred. Oh, I shouldn't have said that right after I was talking about the Virgin Mary. One more opening. That was that was oh, a bad uh, play on words. That was bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Well, speaking of that, Jennifer Wilbanks. I, I probably should have played that, but you know something. I keep playing it all the time, and I'll, I'll run into the ground just like old Neil. Jennifer Wilbanks, the bride to be who skipped town just days before her planned wedding in Georgia has a new starring role in New Mexico as the inspiration for a police recruiting billboard. The Albuquerque Police Department plans to unveil the ad on ten digital billboards across the city next week, according to the Albuquerque Journal. Don't be jerky, go to Albuquerque and have a turkey. Well, that sounds good, turkey and stuffing and cranberry sauce. Mm. Mm, does that sound really good? I yeah, think everybody, uh, every week ought to be Thanksgiving. See, that's another thing. You know, I realize that's the pilgrims and all that crap, but... But why, why is it necessary, like, to think about the breakfast foods? Why are we supposed to eat certain foods on certain days, at certain times of the day? It's a communist bunch of crap, if you ask me. Right. I'm in the mood right now for a delicious uh, Thanksgiving turkey dinner. I, I have no idea where I'd go get one, but sounds good. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, it does. Really good. Mm. 
Running away from your current job? Call APD Recruiting, the ad reads, above a photo of Officer Trish Hoffman grabbing the veil of a bride adorned in a gown and, and running shoes. Aw, that is so cute. Hoffman got national attention two years ago after Wilbanks landed in Albuquerque claiming she had been abducted before she was set to marry. Photos of Hoffman leading Wilbanks to the airport with a blanket over the runaway bride's head appeared on TVs and in newspapers across the country. Now, Hoffman will be on billboards. I'm sure I'm going to get some harassment, she told the newspaper. The ads will be up for a month at a cost of 16 grand. Depending on the response, the department may incorporate it into flyers, posters, and possibly TV ads. The runaway bride is one of those stories that people across the nation still talk about, said Police Chief Ray Schultz. We hope we can capitalize on that. The department currently has fewer than 1,000 officers trying to build a force to 1,100 by this summer. Can't imagine no criminals in Albuquerque, can you? 1,200 votes! All right, 1,200 even. How the hell did I do that? I don't know. You know what that reminds me of? I mean, you know, I mean, in life, a lot of us are good at things that are so unimportant. That's the sad part. Things that are important, maybe we're not good at. But like when I go to the supermarket and I buy, you know, I get my little tisket of task and I'm got a little basket, and I go to the checkout, and I can I can generally tell you within like a buck what it's going to be, the total. It's pretty good, isn't it? That is good. I mean, not always, but and sometimes I'm not even paying attention. When you've got a few bucks, baby, you're not in there shopping and looking at the price, you know? You think that when I go to the supermarket, I'm, like, turning the thing around, like, ah, this don't even have a price on it. It's got that UPC on it. I can I scan it against my earlobe or something? Who the hell cares what it is? And then you've got to go back to the shelf and look on there and see what the can of beefaroni costs. Now, that sounds really good. And I know that repulses and um, wild. sorry. Things. I'm just talking about right now at this moment. I'm not saying in general, like at any time when I had you know my, my head screwed on straight, but just at this moment, it sounds really, really good. And you know how you do it? How do you do it? You take your beefaroni and you put it into a bowl. And you take a slice or two of Swiss cheese and, you know, you rip it up and you put it throughout the uh, through the whole thing, you know, and you take your fork and you're like... You make sure that there's plenty throughout the whole deal. And then you nuke it for about 80 seconds or so. You've never had that? No. But now, why do you say it sounds so depressed when you because say that? Because it's it? like mush. Beefaroni? Is That's like baloney. Bony Maroney. I might have to play that. I think that's why I'm a, just a, I mean, the week has gone by fine once I finally came to my senses. Once we got past Monday. Mm. Once we got past Monday. I don't, I don't see that disc. Oh, that would be bad if I lost my... One moment, please. Uh-oh. Oh, if I lost my Larry Williams disc, this, we'd be out of business. Beefaroni, and how about eating a can of beefaroni while listening to Boney Maroney? How's that sound? All right. I bet you can get, get in the Guinness Book of Records for doing that thing. I got a girl named Boney Maroney. All right. Well, speaking of uh, playing music, you know, yesterday I did those two, uh, it could be in We're in Love and Up on the Roof with the Crying Shames, right up to the ball game. And I do want to tell you this. See, when we're ending here every day, what I do is I watch City Pulse because they've got, like, you know, the atomic clock on there. The, uh, so by the second, so we're out of here on time. I mean, not to the millisecond, but close to it every day. And I don't ask, oh, we got an important guest on, Mad Dog. Can we run over a few minutes? Can we go 20 minutes over because we got Bernie Mac on? Stuff like that. But the point being that yesterday... 
that thing ended at at twelve fifty. You you could have you couldn't have put a curly hair in between when a little hand hit the big hand. You know what I mean? And then right. for whatever reason, now I I don't know what when I'm hearing it. You know when uh, what was Miguel? But it seems to me like there was a couple of seconds dead air before the theme to the Marlin game started the opening. Am I right about that or wrong? No, it sounded good here. Did it? It sounded like it was right on. Spot was it spot on? Yeah. That thing with the uh, beefaroni sounds really good to me. Of course, it's all carbs, and it would be really bad and get my blood sugar skyrocketing. But that would be a big... Of course, you know, I was going to say a big improvement over having ice cream again. I've had ice cream too many days in a row. And you better... you better, I'm telling you, I'm going to put it in your hands. Nobody Stop else is going to do it. it. Nobody else is going to say, hey, cut the crap, old man. Quit eating that ice cream, you diabetic old fat cut faggot. Cut the crap, old man. There, well, that, that, that didn't sound very sincere. Did it sound sincere to you? Chris will do it. Chris is a good ass kisser. Come on, you can do it. Cut the crap, old man. All right, of course, look at how fat you are. And you're telling me this back, cut, cut the crap? Oh, well, you're doing pretty good, I guess. You, you know, all of us fat people, as you know, we lie a lot. I, I don't. I, I tell you, like that uh, leader I had of ice cream the other day, that score ice cream, I could have said it was a pint. I could have said it was a spoonful, something like that, you know, a spoonful. It was a liter. That was a liter more than a quarter less. Never did find out, did we? Well, during the break, I'm going to look it up. Of course, we're not coming back after the break, but nevertheless... <laughs> Miami Town. Absolutely. At 560 WQAM. All right. There he was, just a walking on the sea, singing. Do what did it, did it, dum did it do. He's a man from the land of Galilee, saying, Do what did it, did it, dum did it do? He's good, he's good, divine, divine, he's good, divine, changes water into one. The next thing I knew, he had a lame man on his feet, singing, Do what did it, did it, dum did it do? The blind are gonna see and the dumb are gonna speak sing Do what did it did it dumb did it do He walked on walked on through my door my door walked on through my door Then he cured a leper source Whoa whoa some say he's the son of God <laughs> Yes, they do, but there's other people think it's so odd. Now he's the reason that we have an Easter Day singing. Do what did it, did it, dum did it do. And he's the reason that all the Christians pray singing. Do what did it, did it, dum did it do. They praise him, praise him, kneel down, kneel down, praise him and kneel down. The man who wore a thorny crown. Do what did it, did it, dum, did it, do. Oh. Do what did it, did it, dum, oh, did yeah. it, do. Oh, my God. Do what did it, did it, dum, he's a Jew. Do what did it, did it, dum, he's a Jew. Do what did it, did it, dum, he's a Jew. Do what did it, did it, He's a joke! Oi! to jail, jail, jail. He will take it, take it, take it in the tail, tail, tail. Scooter Libby, Libby, Libby had some power, power, power. Better hold on to the soap in the shower, shower, shower. Now, why are you a confederate? Did I, did I miss something there or what? No, I didn't realize you were going to play two things there. Caught me off guard. Why, do you think I would come up short? 
No, no, no. I was just uh, on was that, was that like a little, little play on words? I thought I'm chomping at the bit or anything. 